You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. The On the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host, Salas, here. What's up, buddy? Hey, what are you doing? Shut up. We have other people here. (laughs) This motherfucker. Yes, we do have other people here because tonight we are reviewing All Out. And joining us for this epic event, Jason is here. And my dick is All Out. And Troy is here. Hey. That's right, folks. It's All Out 2021, the event that the internet has called the best wrestling pay-per-view of all time. Will it live up to that? We'll find out together. First off, before we start anything officially, uh, I do want to give a uh, a special shout-out to our dear friend Bruno Tomas. He knows why. Hopefully we'll talk to him soon. That'll be a fun fun thing to do. I have a note here, but I'm going to skip it because Jason and Sal are here. And if we talk about that, we'll go on for six hours. So, no, no, <laughs> no. Go ahead. I'll be here. Um, fine. But this is on you if uh, if Sal gets mad because he's editing at four in the morning. Um, I heard a, I heard a note on, on the Internet. I can't remember where, if it was Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Okay, so you're bringing stuff up to start a fight. Got it. Talking about how <laughs> CM Punk... When he was going into UFC and saying talking shit about wrestling fans, was doing the same thing as uh, Ronda Rousey tried to do when she left, as it were, and going and making YouTube videos talking shit about wrestling fans. Uh, I was wondering what y'all thought about that. No, because I think Ronda Rousey. I I don't think Ronda Rousey was gimmicking there because. You watched her that night that the fans turned on her and Charlotte beat the crap out of her with the kendo stick. Like, she was legit, she was legit mad and pissed. Yeah. So I I think she legitimately has that hostility from that moment still towards wrestling fans. And I legitimately think CM Punk was dead serious with his take on WWE fans. I think I think CM Punk has a very special relationship with wrestling fans in that he loves them when he needs them, and he hates them when he doesn't. Um, <laughs> it was Troy that I think sent this to us. Where? What did you know? Um, no, it's just the first thing that came to my mind, and and you're not wrong, Jason. You are not wrong in what you said, but what what just came to my mind was uh, when Punk showed up and. 
AEW, somebody took um, like one of his ice cream bar packages or something and put it on on sale on eBay. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, which is something like he said that they did back in his pipe on promo and 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 he put it on eBay for only just slightly more than what they actually charged for it in the arena. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, I mean, I always thought Ronda was working because she was a wrestling fan her whole life. Right, but then maybe because the like you said because the fans turned on her, she was just like, "Well, fuck them." <laughs> That's all I can think of. Because at this point, she's not coming back, right? When it when it was initially happening, I thought she's she's just working a heel character because right. that's what she was. But the fact that now it clears, it, it seems like it says she had no intention of coming back. It feels like that that was probably genuine. Um, and I, but I understand it because sure. fans were fans turned on her, fans were dicks to her, you know. So, but <clears throat> I also know that she's not exactly one who is like thinks that that she needs the fans, you know. Because if if she were to come back, those fans would fucking go ape shit, just like they did with CM Punk. You oh, know, yeah. oh, CM, right. CM Punk left shit on wrestling because he wanted to clear to wash his hands on it. Things didn't work out for him the way they wanted. He wanted it to, and now he's back, and they love him, and then and they never stopped loving him apparently. So, thank you, Penguin Marches. <laughs> um, that's the thing with the when Punk was saying all that shit too. I I kind of at the time I thought he was doing it to more appeal to his UFC fans. Like, look, see, I'm done with wrestling. You know what I mean? Right. Which is kind of what the thing that I was saying was. That- no, I think I think that's legit. I mean, maybe. It went on well past his UFC career, his Not mocking true. of wrestling fans openly. So, yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, how many times do you see a celebrity in any sport that will crap all over the fans when they're retired or don't need them anymore, and then the second they need them to sell tickets or move merch, all of a sudden they, you know, oh, I really love the fans, and there's just a few bad apples, and yeah, look at Marty Jannetty. He loves everyone now. <laughs> Oh, why did Pete Rose at WrestleMania 13 oh. just pop up in my head when you said that? Uh, I think Troy wants to have a special AEW rundown <laughs> version of what did Marty say? Oh, I would want nothing more. <laughs> you, you just remembered me. I have some. <laughs> Adam, this is a treat for us. We are not I'm ex- used to I'm this. So, I'm so excited. And those boy, of you who are AE run, like a, AEW like rundown regulars. What did Marty say is a regular segment on the WWE Rundown here on the same Rundown Wrestling Network. You can check it out anytime you want. And if you want some more insanity, go back in our archives and check out our interview with Marty Jannetty. Yes, we love, right. we love the rocker, Marty Jannetty. He was very kind to us to grant us an interview. <laughs> but we have to have this segment. It's, it's, it's funny that this segment is what kind of birthed that interview. And then that right. interview was nothing like this segment. <laughs> so. Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, 14 of my 13 girlfriends get jealous and mad at me over other girls. I never told any of them that <laughs> I never told any of them they was the only one. My neighbor girl, Malika, just told me she's pregnant. We only had sex three days ago. Is there any way possible she could know that this soon? Y'all my people, I need y'all right now. um that's how this is like when he needed us to tell him if it was okay to bang his daughter yes 
here's, is, uh, here's, that is not how you do polyamory. <laughs> here's, here's another one. Uh, I'm in a, I, I, look, I read these as phonetically as possible. Of course. With him. Of course. Uh, I'm in a hotel in Hartford, Connecticut. Just had amazing sex with myself. Please don't let anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know about this one. Please don't let anyone know that. Let this stay between us only. Thank you. (laughs) Actually, what what, what (laughs) picture Marty breaking out the lotion, lighting some candles, you know, turning on his theme song. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, <laughs> actually did call Mia she used to do porno but still knows how to make you um, I don't want to say come on the phone you know what's crazy my manager's name is Nia so close to same name it's just the ramblings of <laughs> is that Mia Khalifa? maybe I mean she's in Marty's got a time Marty's got it so perfectly set out that he's got a time perfectly so that right when it goes into that high riff guitar part that <sighs> Amazing sex with myself. Itself. Unfortunately, uh, you can only bust a nut through the barbershop window. It's <laughs> a lot of places. That's true. Uh, all right, here you go again. Uh, day four. Oh, he was so he was telling road stories. Day four, we opened the van door. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, so what? Head stories, but yeah. So what had happened was the Steiner brothers, me, Dustin Rhodes, and Davy Boy Smith, sometimes Raven, but was but was Johnny Polo at the time, would rent rent a van to do the towns. Lex Luger had his crew, too. They'd rent a van to Torin. So much more fun when you on the road 300-plus days a year. Scott and Rick always liked buying uh, 10 dozen eggs so that when we drove past the boys, we'd throw the eggs trying to hit their windshield, because if you try to clear it up by turning on the wipers, it smears yolk and you couldn't see. LOL. We'd gotten Lex's van like three days in a row. Day four, we opened the van door to bomb away. Lex rolled his window down and threw a cherry bomb firecracker right in our van door. It blew up and Davy thought his seat was on fire, but it was just the carpet. That strong brother snatched the seat up out of the floor and tossed it out the door. (laughs) Next day, he returned the van to Avis and started yelling at them for giving him a damaged van for his (laughs) once-in-a-lifetime family vacation. (laughs) They actually refunded him. (laughs) His van is fucked. (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I love him all of of those stories from Marty were amazing and that's not even the one I was originally thinking of I was thinking the one that Jeff put in the host thread you know the ghost of Jeff rather yeah Uh, okay Uh, I have no idea who I am but gonna keep on keeping on It's a short and sweet one. (laughs) Um, Sex is only good if you like it. (laughs) I. mm. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) Wouldn't that be true of pretty much anything, though? Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Like taking a flaming hot poker in your asshole is only good if you like it. True. Uh, alrighty. Uh, this is weird to me. My newest neighbor girl wants me to wear her panties. Please tell me that's not a new trend. I ain't doing it. My boy, boys won't fit in that. Looks like a slingshot. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sal, can you help Marty out in this area? I can't. <laughs> I, I I want to think that he's he's just you know thinking of this shit as it's funny, but like there's a part of me that also thinks that he's seriously asking, like, no, like what do I do? Like, is this shit for real? Do I get to put up with this? I I love the fact. So he posted a picture of four containers of Briar's ice cream stacked up. Uh, butter pecan, Oreo, chocolate chip cookie dough, and chocolate peanut butter, and says, sometimes when you smoke that purple yum-yum, you get the munchies. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. It's wrong, but I just had to promise one of my present-time girlfriends I will not have sex with my other girlfriends in front of her. Hope I don't let her down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, of course, the one that uh, that Jeff shared with us is, I ask you this, if you woke up and had a dick in your mouth and a dick in your ass, which one would you take out first? That came directly after the uh, the message of, we're naked. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, that's been, uh, what's a Marty post? <laughs> Marty out there partying like it's 1988. You'll send, uh, you'll send, you'll send Sal the theme for that. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Chipotle. Um, all right. We're going to start uh, with uh, Rampage, episode four, and then we'll talk about the pay-per-view, and then we'll uh, go the fuck home. So, so, so you're up. We're going to go through Rampage very quickly. Uh, did everybody here watch Rampage, Troy? Wait, I thought we were talking about WWE. No, no, no. That's we don't do that show anymore. So, <laughs> oh, uh, I uh, speaking of the uh, of the news that I'm sure we'll talk about at the end of the show. Um, I, I do have one tweet that I wanted to talk about with uh, in regards to Kevin Owens. So we're not we're not starting the recap. Okay, good. Well, no, because I don't. I don't want to. Second panties in a twist. We don't get to we don't get to work with you often, so we have to fuck up everything we can. See, we do the news at the end on this. Yes. Yeah, why don't you save the only thing for the end? It will make more sense. Is it the one with the coord? Is it the one with the coordinates? Oh no, no, no! It was, oh, it was, it was, it was, it was a joke in regards to the Kevin Owens thing. Nice. Go ahead, do your do your recap of Rumpage. Rumpage. <laughs> I told you you wouldn't like it. Yes. The uh, go home rampage that begins with Jericho back on commentary. Unfortunately for all of us. Hey! Yeah, I'm yelling. I don't fucking care. <clears throat> and we begin with I mean, Malachi at least Black. There's a certain degree of uh, you can appreciate his honesty. Like he, there's, there's a little bit of self awareness there. Like yeah, I'm fucking yelling. I don't care. He goes, "That's what I do." And I said, "No, now you're just stealing Mark Henry's catchphrase." He's got a little bit of the cummies. So, <laughs> we begin the night with Malachi Black versus Lee Johnson because that's. What I thought that Black would be doing in his time in AEW. Hey man, they got they got to, they got to push the black people. Yeah. Speaking of matches that should last fifteen seconds. Yeah, instead it didn't, and fucking Brandy'd be like, "What do you mean? Two black people were on that rampage at the same time?" Yeah. So I mean, I'm not gonna go through move for move. Fucking the one thing that stood out to me in this match is when Malachi Black grabbed a chair. He threw it down in front of Lee Johnson, and then he turned his back like Raven used to, and it was like, hit me. And Lee Johnson was like, I don't know, should I hit him? Should I? I, don't know. I don't know. And then yeah, he got kicked in the face. 
you're skipping the you're burying the fucking lead. He beat the absolute piss out of Lee Johnson <laughs> to the point where Lee Johnson didn't have the fucking ability to swing a chair anymore. Well, that's true. Then too. gave him the false hope that he could use it, and then <laughs> just kicked him in the fucking face instead. Yes. Here's here's the, the one, my one takeaway from that was comment when when Malachi Black had the chair commentary was like, oh, he can't use that chair, he'll get disqualified. And as soon as he dropped it on the mat and Lee Johnson picked it up, commentary was like, yeah, fuck him up, Lee. Fuck him up. <laughs> Dude, they're so just, much. Uh, they're fans. So much for impartial <laughs> commentary. Do we care about rules in AEW? <laughs> oh no! Wait till all out. Um, I do like the fact that uh, Malachi Black beats the ever-loving piss out of Cody Rhodes, then proceeds to have his move blocked by a sixty-year-old man, <laughs> gets run off by Lee Johnson, <laughs> and then has. Right off. I didn't run off. It wasn't time yet. And then. Proceeded to have an almost 10-minute match with the motherfucker. Twice as long as Cody Rhodes lasted in the ring with him. Man, Cody Rhodes is a bitch. <laughs> we, right. We have, we have talked about this, specifically with Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson versus Miro. Mm-hmm. Now, this does not make Lee Johnson look tough. This makes Lee Johnson's opponent look shitty. Yes. Yes. And it makes Lee Johnson look extremely lucky to be alive because it it, it feels like Ellsworth doesn't it like this guy has no business being in this spot and hopefully he doesn't get his head kicked off I I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as Ellsworth I would say this feels more like when Ricochet took on Brock Lesnar like like you're like I can see you have talent but you are you are not anywhere near this guy so that's it's kind of the issue like at least period of time before the big upset win where they used to have Sean Waltman as the one, two, three kid just get his shit kicked in by everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was sort of done to set up the big upset win. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what this feels like, except, you know, Lee Johnson's not getting his shit kicked (laughs) in so much. But not only that, Sean Waltman was was the anomaly. You know, uh, 90 out of 100 jobbers back then in the WWF, they weren't getting any type of program at Razor Ramon. Right, but this is AEW. So if you're friends with Cody, you're going to. Oh get, yeah, that that is yeah. a valid point. That is a valid point. Well, uh, that's that's the issue though. Is that he? Yeah, it's it's not that he's presented as like he never gives up. It's presented as as he gets the shit kicked out of him, and his opponents are just never pin him. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the difference. Where it's like at, at, at least with like a Drake Maverick or some of that, it's like they just kept kicking out because you just can't kill him, you know. Like right. at least that is a little bit more, but they they then they would get like a quick roll up and they would sneak out a win, and that hasn't happened. So that Hardy will not die. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that's uh, he, I mean, he's literally living that gimmick at this point. True. Yeah. Good point. So after the match, uh, out comes uh, the remaining I, member of the Nightmare Family. I have uh, two other notes here. First, uh, Lee Johnson has a weight belt. What a fucking poser. Dude, he, no, uh, he had Cody's weight belt. Excalibur made okay. sure to say that to us. My my point still stands. Uh, and I wrote, Taz pronounces Malachi's name as well as he pronounces Giannis. Because <laughs> he kept calling him, like, Molokai or something. Anyway. Yep. Mordecai. He was there. At least, he call her, at least he didn't call him Ruby Riot. <laughs> or, or the, or big, the big show. show. Well, later. Yeah. So, um, so then Dustin comes out and it's like, oh, okay, he's got to go through him too. And then Cody shows up on Dynamite because he's done filming a second season of that stupid show. Uh, anybody, any thoughts on Dustin coming out and then the 
Dustin Rhodes has more matches <clears throat> on TV than Andrade. Yeah. Lee Johnson has more matches on TV than Andrade. But hey, I can't wait till we discuss that Andrade Brandon match. Brandon Cutler? That's true. Yeah, that's Brandon Cutler's been in more matches wrote, just this year than Andrade. I wrote for during the promo, I wrote Dustin watches you masturbate. And I don't remember why. <clears throat> but uh, I just well, that was that. when he was seven. That was a while ago. He's <laughs> <laughs> asleep by the window. Yeah. The, the thing with Dustin Rhodes is if he would have retired after the Cody match, it would have been perfect. I agree. Because, mm. like, that would have been like when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl and retired. And you're like, you did it, man. You you did a great, great end of a career. Instead, this would be like if after winning the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning's like, you know what? I'm going to go and be third string for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where you're getting to the point where it's just like, all Dustin Rhodes does is just like eventually show up and like sometimes do things. But like, I, I'm i all for that dude getting his like last big pop because he deserved it. He had a long career and stuff like that. But it's like, why are you still here? <laughs> you know? I like it, dude, but seriously. like No, he's not. I, I, I've always liked Dustin. He's not bad. He can still cut a promo, but at this point, what is the point of him? We yeah. have already devoted more time on this to Dustin Rhodes <laughs> than we ever should. Fair. Uh, let's go in the ring to the TNT champion, the Redeemer. Uh, this got uncomfortable in a way I loved. Go this ahead. got uncomfortable in a way I yeah. never saw coming for some reason. <laughs> So, um, Miro's out there, he's calling out Eddie Kingston, um... By the way, Miro's still not a good promo. No, he's never been. That's why That's why they had Lana there with him. Yep. Not that she was that much better, <laughs> at least she could string two sentences together. Yeah, he's, he actually said, Kingston, you call yourself a mad king, but the only king I recognize is mad at you. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he calls him soft. He tells him that he's a bag boy. S A W F T. Then Kingston comes out, and the first thing he says is God's favorite champion. Bullshit. All right, so we're starting off there. Okay. And then he proceeds to say, and I, I didn't write it down word for word, but basically he says, why should I care about the God that you think is real? Or something like that. Fuck, someone help me out here. I just wrote, Eddie Kingston, loudmouth atheist. Yes, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Look, man, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I, I'm agnostic. Yeah. But the best uh, thing is the entire crowd uh, went, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Like the crowd like, just all of a sudden just died. Yeah, the 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 thing that you don't do. There's there's a reason why I'm going to keep bringing back to sports. There's a reason why like you never hear a guy do his like after fucking victory speech and be like, "God is dead," because it's not going to go over. Well. <laughs> like they they either thank God for giving him his God give it sounds, or they just don't mention anything about it. You know, there's never like a uh, God isn't real. 
I did this by myself. I thought Eddie Kingston was a fucking Catholic. Isn't he shown with the rosary beads and his titan? And his he does. He's drawn? got rosary beads. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those aren't his rosary beads, though. Uh, Jason, anything? Uh, I'm give me one second here. I'm gonna. Are oh, you gonna read a lifeline? I'm gonna fulfill your fantasy right now. <laughs> you. Do I need to put you. the BRB screen you. on you? <laughs> give it to me now. Give it to me now. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Dead ass. Dead air. Put the Pink Panthers on. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to continue with the promo because then we're gonna lose where where he's he's talking about God. <laughs> Are you not hearing it? No, no nothing. Uh, we're not oh. hearing anything. That's why I was saying dead air. <laughs> oh, see, that thought was fucking playing. Hold on. Well, that makes sense as to why everyone was talking over it. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that's why. <laughs> I'm an idiot. There we go. Nope, nothing. On his face, I think this was okay. Here we, here we go. Got the music. Got the music. Yep. Oh, oh no! What the fuck? Guess that was it. Oh, we're getting Cut copyright. Cut the YouTube. Cut the YouTube. Are we? No. Oh no! That was just because it stopped. Fight without a struggle. Without a struggle. This could have gone a little smoother. And Miro with a smile on his face. Don't worry, Sal won't edit it. I designed. Cut the music. Cut the music. Yeah. The YouTube video. Thank you, thank you, but let me get, let me handle my business first. God's favorite champion. Bullshit. <laughs> your God's not real to me, so I don't care what you say. But let's say your God's real. Let's just say he is. Your God sent me here to punish you, cause you're the sinner. You're the one that's wrong. If you didn't sin, your ugly ass God would not have brought me here. And your stupid God, I said it. <laughs> you don't let me know the chink in your armor. Every move I do, Exploder, oh. Saido, Stretch Plum, and the wonderful DDT is your weakness. You're talking about witnesses when you're talking from so far away. But I tell you, you step one more foot in closer to here. You're not going to make <laughs> Good job, Mira. Because you're going to get redeemed tonight, Eddie. Redeem these nuts. Redeem these nuts. Back down for a fight. Redeemer. My man. Redeem these nuts. Wow. Oh, that sounds like it should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. I, my, hey. Thank you, Jason. I, what, what makes even less sense to me about that is Eddie Kingston coming out, the crowd going crazy, and he'd be like, yay, it's me, thanks, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say this, re-listening to it now, Kingston was very specific to say, your God yes. isn't real to me. So yes. obviously saying Miro sort of worships false idols and no yeah. real God would have Miro as his redeemer, I guess. Sure, but then Miro was also looking at him like, 
what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> there was that. And, and yeah, I, I get that he did say your, but like, your stupid god. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, he's a Muslim. Get him. The thing I loved about this was you can hear it. the whole crowd, like, they go crazy for Eddie. He comes out and then he says that line and everybody's like, oh. Dead. Yeah. Like, Hell. like this doesn't feel like something I should cheer for, <laughs> but the good guy said it, so yeah. And then Nero pulls the Cesaro, and he's like, "You come down in these four ropes, wall. You, you <laughs> step one foot more close, closer." <laughs> No, no, what, no. What, what'll happen is so MJF's next feud will be against Eddie Kingston, and it will be uh, come out and be like, you know, you know something, you know, Hitler might have been right about a couple things with you guys, and I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking of editing, <laughs> what? All right, Miro, Miro uh, gets Kingston to come in the ring, and then hits him with the TNT belt. Kingston gets to his feet, hits the backhand. <laughs> Yes. Immediately after Troy said that, he just went shrinked a little bit. So I was like, just put in time out. <laughs> yeah. I did. The uh, views of Troy are not reflected by this uh, Twitch channel. Troy is, it's, is it's run already, by wrestling. It, it, not, we're not, not even at all out. Okay, can we please? <laughs> we're not even at all out. All right? He's the one who said the thing, okay? I'm just covering my own ass. And then we have to cover SmackDown Raw. No, we <laughs> Kingston hit the back fist, then the DDT on Miro. Uh, anyone, any thoughts on this segment? I may have thought it did what it had to do to build for the match, the very small build they've had. Nice and awkward. 696,000 people got to hear a D's Nuts joke, <laughs> so they went home happy. I wonder how many shirts got sold. Uh, well, considering that, that Pete... literally became a shirt the next day. He works fast, man. All right. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, handicap match time. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Differently abled match. Team Teeth versus Chris Statlander. <laughs> uh, during uh, Chris's entrance, Excalibur says, Chris Statlander signed a contract extension, and that part of it was Britt signing this match. Jericho is the one who has to correct Excalibur. Excalibur should feel bad. Um, There's a girl, a girl in my high school that we named Team Teeth. Different reason, though. <laughs> At one point, uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayter do like a unicorn stampede kind of thing. Except, except at one point, Rebel goes to tag back in, and Jamie Hayter's like, nah, you're good. They shouldn't have Jamie Hayter wrestle next to Rebel, huh? Like, it just exposes Rebel and makes her look like oh. fucking off. If Rebel got exposed, whew, that would get some ratings. Now, yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, maybe not so much. Yeah, well, you know, people are still into that. Speaking of people who are very into God. Hell, <laughs> God. Go look uh, at her fucking Instagram. You're right. No, you're right, which is weird. Cause, Do I want to? Uh, I mean, there's some shots there. Oh yeah! At one point, there's a lot of God talk. Yeah, it's it's like the Young Bucks. It's it's very religious. Christian AF. Yeah, Christian AF. She probably has that shirt actually. Guarantee you. (laughs) Yeah. She probably rubs one out in it. She likes taking selfies. Yes, she Mm -hmm. does. 
some underwear shots. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's some titties. I'm not saying anything about... Sally, you're going to yell at them? Yeah, hey, 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 yell, hey, stay on, stay on task. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? We got, a whole goddamn task, pa- we got a whole damn pay-per-view to cover. We're not even there yet. Adam, listen, continue. Listen, Sal, hmm? we're covering titties right now. He can do both. You can multitask. You can look at Rebels you titties. Can, you can cover both titties, yes. That's true. <laughs> am I am I missing at, something? I'm not seeing anything about God. Yeah, you gotta read, at one you point, gotta read, not in the pictures, you got to read her descriptions. I don't want to do that. Quotes, yeah, her quotes in the pictures. All right, let me look at this. Maybe you should just like take the time and read them all for us. Sal would love to hear them all. Okay. I'll edit the whole fucking thing out. None of this will even make air. At one point, Statlander throws Hater into Rebel, and Rebel just happens to catch Hater in like a flatliner position. And then Chris Statlander drop kicks the knee of Hater, which causes Hater to flatline a Rebel. Mm-hmm. But wrestling's real. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, Statlander wins with a with a what I call a bizarre submission. Um, that was all right. It's her spider it crab right. submission. I don't think it was the spider crab though. That's what they called it. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was. Anyway, Team Teeth goes full shield at the end until Red Velvet hits the ring. Literally, she fucked up the slide. Uh, everybody leaves. We talk about All Out. Um, Jason, did this do anything for you as far as building to Statlander and Brett? No. Yeah. Troy? Everyone knew what the end result did. Yeah, but I do dig Jamie Hayter's new shorts. Yeah, oh, oh very yeah. much so. Totally, she's looking damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I feel like they desperately, desperately want us to feel like Red Velvet's important, though. Right? Like they involve her in so much random shit. It's like we just want to make sure you don't forget she's here. She's a big she's, deal. It's because she's part of the Nightmare Family. Yeah, yeah. she's the she's the female Lee Johnson. That's true. I was uh, say so she's we, Brandy's protege. Or we surrogate, run, whatever. <laughs> right, so we run down all out. Uh, this includes a video of a press conference between Moxie and Kojima that broke down into a brawl. Uh, Dustin and Malachi will fight on Dynamite. Pac and Andrade will fight next week on Rampage because they can't at the pay-per-view. Uh, then Sal's favorite part of the show, your Rampage main event, box in a box in a box interview segment. I've literally looked at 30 of this bitch's pictures and not one time did she mention God. What a shame. Uh, Mark asks <laughs> Two Point Twink about their promise to remove Darby Allen from All Out. Uh, hey. Jeff, Jeff Parker is upset <laughs> that Darby and Stinger are on all the billboards. Matt again calls Daniel their son, which is still weird. Maybe it's uh, on Twitter she does all the God stuff. <laughs> Daniel says he wants to prevent that match with the pay-per-view because he can. Mark asks Darby if he can remain focused with CM Punk at the announce table. Darby promises to knock Daniel on his ass and then stare at CM Punk. Uh, Mark hits what's apparently his catchphrase for these segments. It's enough time for talk. Time for your main event. Oh, and here comes CM Punk for commentary. Why does Mark Henry have a catchphrase in these <laughs> segments? Like this, this must count. This must count as the main event. So when Brandy says they've had black people in the main event of every episode of Rampage, she means Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Punk comes out for commentary, but heads down the ramp instead of to the desk. Maybe he just forgot. I don't know. Fucking uh, okay, idiot. He tries to crowd surf again, but just kind of dives into people instead of on them. And then some lumberjack-looking motherfucker tries to offer him a beer. That was good. Okay, listen. <laughs> the look on his face was like, dude, what? 
No. The guy the guy whispered something to him, so he's but still But then he looks at him and goes, No Yeah, it's funny <laughs> but also stupid. Uh then we go to break and we come back, it's uh your main event. Twinks part two. Powerhouse Hobbs tweets Say my name three times like Candyman, but I roll on your ass like an avalanche. It's five times, idiot. It's three times for Beetlejuice, five times for Candyman. Go ahead. The line is from a Tupac song. So Tupac got it wrong? Yep. Well, good thing he's dead. (laughs) This is like when Warren G rapped, what's next, what's next, was NXET. <laughs> or, or like when Kanye said, uh, "Keep it three thousand like the Romans." And when Homer said, "I am so smart, I am so smart," SMRT. Uh, so I'll go. Uh, Just go. Jericho screams at Punk as soon as he gets on commentary. Is your sister gonna be there on Sunday? You know she slapped me once. Jericho's like, I mean, Punk is like, "Yep, she will. You deserved it, and she'll do it again." <laughs> is that his, his sister, sister Shailene? Yes. Who tweeted him about Kevin Nash? Yes. OMG, Kevin Nash. JK. Thought he was dead. Thought he was dead. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Unlike Tupac, Kevin Nash is not dead. Not yet. Daniel uh, Garcia got a jobber entrance. That's a shock. No, it's not. Y'all got no love for Daniel Garcia on this show. He's fucking awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> He has two dads. He's awesome. <laughs> Remember Dude, my two dads. Do you know what the problem? You know what the problem with Daniel Garcia is? Is they haven't told me enough about him. There you go. They just are like, look, it's Red Death. He's really good. He hangs out with Two Point His name is Red Death. The, get, Why? There's been there's been no. He, he, it's not Daniel Garcia's fault the commentary in AEW is awful. Not just commentary, the fucking graphics team, everybody. Nobody's telling me who this guy is. It's not like he got vignettes, you know what I mean? Even Lee Johnson was, he's he was trained at the Nightmare Factory. Like, there's a backstory there. Again, it's friend of <laughs> Odie. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm not, I'm not. It's just like. It's just like all of a sudden Daniel Garcia showed up with 2.0. Like he was on Dark a bunch of times, but all of a sudden 2.0 show up. So Daniel Garcia is with them now, and it's just like, okay, they're gonna fight Darby and Sting. Well, what you're and, doing is taking a guy who's the reigning limitless champion, and also a guy that people have called the modern day American Dragon Dan- Brian Danielson, and just acting like he's some fucking schmuck jobber. He's not. He's very fucking good. What we're doing or what they're doing? Because they're the ones putting Daniel Garcia in main events against Darby Allen without telling us anything about Daniel Garcia. What did they tell you about Darby Allen before they put him in main events with Chris Jericho? Putting him in those matches built him to the point where you were interested about him. Well, they told us a lot about Darby Allen right from the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. They were yeah, like videos. It yeah. was more after he started to get the Jericho rub that you started to see the videos of Darby. Significantly. <clears throat> no, I think, look, Daniel Garcia's a good wrestler. I'm just saying, character-wise, it just doesn't... He's a guy here to lose for Darby and Sting to beat somebody up. And Punk, apparently. I... Uh, and that's pretty we're much... Not, we're not saying that Daniel Garcia is not a talented performer. Yeah. It's just that the way that they're presenting him, he doesn't mean anything. Because it's just like, here's this guy. 
He's gonna get his chick. I mean, it seems to mean something when they take a guy. son. They take a guy and put him in the ring with Moxley, Sting, and Darby right off the bat. I mean, that's a pretty significant moment for somebody to debut. But there's no build there. Doesn't always have to be built. But you know what it feels like? It feels like Spirit Squad versus DX. Where Maybe. you know that they're going to have to be like three on one to, to try to do anything and they're still going to get their ass kicked at the end of the segment. I, I, the problem is, y'all are. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. The problem is, y'all are. Somebody's going to get their ass Yes. Y'all are approaching this as though AEW isn't the home of the faction. Like, yeah. this is just another faction. That's true. That's a good point. I'll give you that. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Darby used the Pepsi twist on Danny Garcia. and That uh, sounds like a sex move. Yeah. <laughs> Excalibur was like, that's the Pepsi twist! That's the Pepsi twist! Which is a move I, I don't think we, he ever used in WWE. The Pepsi plunge. Right. Which was the mm. better Pepsi You get that face up in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Darby hit a code red and Punk goes, is every fucking wrestling move named after soda? Uh, let's see here. And then Jericho was like, yeah, I got the Mountain Dew, which is the fucking code red. Anyway. Yeah. Excuse you. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I fucking forget what happened. I just remember the fed, very end of the segment. Uh, I wrote, good God, I don't know how much... Oh, that Darby won with the coffin drop in like three seconds like he always does. So, so Garcia, Garcia had uh, Darby in that rear naked choke, and Darby climbed up to the top ropes and then just kind of flew backwards and landed quite nastily. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, uh, I don't know how much of that pain on Garcia's face was selling and how much was legit. Because that looked so full of shit. Came down like right on his fucking hips and his fucking stomach. So, last note I'm going to make on Daniel Garcia. The treatment that you guys want Daniel Garcia to get in terms of vignettes and promos and stuff is exactly what the men of the year get, but then they don't get any ring time. Which I would also rather fun. have him have the ring cra- ring time. I was going to say, which is also not good. <laughs> But I'm saying I would rather have the ring time, particularly in this company, where it's more the focal. Sure. No, that's fair. Uh, let's see here. Joined by Tony Khan. Welcome, Tony. What? <laughs> I can't see. Can't see oh, I see it now. I, see <laughs> I have it on speaker view because I can fit all you on the screen at once. Try to say something. Yo! So as soon as soon as the pinball happened, two point came in the ring. If I had a dime for every, no, I've never heard that. I'm not gonna lie. Two point gets in the ring. They beat down Darby, and then Punk walks down to the ring, and Punk gets in the ring. Sting gets in the ring. That time it popped up. Now, if I had a dime for every time I said that. So then you'd have two dimes. <laughs> it looks even better on Twitch because of where because of where I have my camera. So it's just Tony Khan peeking over the top of my head. <laughs> hey, did you find anything on Rebel there, Troy? Oh well, I mean her, not really, but her first, uh, like the, the her Twitter bio is God first. So well, there you go. I, I, I didn't need to look at it. That's why I found the Powerhouse Hobbs tweet about him saying it wrong. So 
Did you find the Did you find the tweet where she said, "Oh my God, it just really fucking hurt myself. I dislocated my kneecap on dynamite." And then Bronson Reed says, "Cool, we should have a match." Oh my God. <laughs> Not yet, but I'm sure it's there. Adam, anything else on this uh, on the end of Rampage? I have no other notes. No, me neither. And that was it. That was your go home. And then they had another go home after that. The special countdown to All Out. Uh, I need to bring up the predictions. Yeah. The predictions? <clears throat> oh, you mean for oh, our prediction contest? Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware we had those. I went to the website and didn't see them. Yeah, they were up for three whole days. For everybody at home, please try to get your picks in before the buy-in starts. Yeah, in case somebody decides to do something we've never done before on the website. Except for we've done it every single time. I've <laughs> never seen it done that way before. Uh, honestly, I've never I've never logged on that late. I've usually done I always do them right on, at so. the last minute because I got hella shit going on and I forget to do it till like to sit down to watch the show. Well, go you, you, you got to put you got to put the caveat that only AEW does it that way because look, man, there are still WWE ones that are. That I have to take it down, so. <laughs> you can go right now and predict WrestleMania perfectly. <laughs> see, but my thing is, is that I can see the time that people put it in. So I, mean, I just check to make sure that nobody did it like halfway through the show. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're good. Yeah, see, I export it when the show starts, and since it's exported, there's no reason to have the poll up there anymore. Uh, all right, so the buy-in was the uh, uh, HFO versus Jurassic Friends. Uh, I just want to point out one of the things that my fucking son looks forward to the most is putting his predictions in for these shows, and you, de- you denied him the ability to do that. You have three days. Uh, HFO versus Jurassic Friends. <laughs> he started school, Adam. Somebody think of the kids. You had a lot going on, all right? Uh, we get a spot where everyone locks everyone in a submission one at a time, and then Luchasaurus comes in and shoulder blocks Jack Evans, and somehow that sends the entire human centipede flying. It was that was fucking stupid. Comedy, um, underrated uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, did I eat the cuttlefish? Uh, <laughs> Luchasaurus to, made. Not, not to, can I just not to jump the gun here? The Billy Gun? No, no. But <laughs> this is where like there's a difference in presentation because mm-hmm. WWE ended SummerSlam with Lesnar coming out, and you can see that shit him and. Him and Roman face to face on ESPN and blah blah blah, and then you have the big moment at the end of all that, which we'll get to. I'm not going to spoil it now, but then you go to ESPN and people are looking at a fucking guy dressed up like a dinosaur in the middle of the ring with other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but WWE's the hokey one, right? Gotcha. A guy dressed up like a dinosaur who says he is a dinosaur, right? And also a guy dressed as Tarzan. And for some reason, Christian Cage. On the plus side, it was kind of cool seeing a dinosaur and a dragon holding hands. <laughs> they're gonna, uh, you know, you know. They're you gonna think when that guy showed up, Tay Conti went. Are you no, I up for you. Jesus Christ! Yes, and we are about three hours away from that. So let's get to it. All right, save that joke for, for in a little bit there, buddy. I, I already said it. Nobody listened. Uh, Luchasaurus at one point made square contact on an e-strike to Jack Evans' face. Um, you're finished. Jungle Boy Matrix is under a dive from Cassidy, then catches a crossbody from Quinn, backflips off of Luchasaurus' shoulders into a slam on the mat, then locks Jack Evans in the snare trap for the tap-out. I enjoyed that finish. 
Uh, Butcher returns post-match. The HFO beat up Orange Cassidy, because that's a feud that'll never fucking end. Uh, then they try to cut his hair. <laughs> Don't know why. Uh, a bunch of faces make the save. We get a big group hug. Yay, group hug. Oh, we're going to get a hair versus hair match at some point, aren't we? Fucking Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We had, uh, we had ten folks in the prediction contest. Say their yeah. names, say their names. I'm getting there. I, I had this one right, by the way. We had, uh, Yeti. It's hey. uh, uh, Due to budget cuts, I have been demoted to single H. Good one. Uh, our old friend God's a Juggalobe, uh, Bruno the Cunt Slayer Tomas. Uh, is this the real life? <laughs> it's just J- it's just a Jason run. Caught in a landslide. Dicko Loco is just brutality. It's not it doesn't it doesn't work so good, buddy. Open your cunt. See it doesn't it's not look Dude, did I get this. a shout out in a Dicko Loco? Oh, man? Okay. I'm just a poor boy being fucked by a Timothy. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Um but it was there. Uh me, Sal. Uh, there's apparently no cutoff to these names. Okay. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that was the cutoff. Because the, the the first name ended at brutality, and then the last name ended at Listen, Timothy. We're only giving you 750 characters. <laughs> <that you laughs> name uh, of course, Troy, Troy Ripper of Ass and Charlotte Squirt Cam. Uh, let me shrink those down because uh, fucking Dicko Locos takes up my entire fucking screen. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody except uh, Brad, who was Astro picked uh, Team Megastars, as Troy put it, for the creative has nothing for you ten man tag match. Uh, good job, everybody. Remember, I saw uh, from, Jackson had that right too. From there, we uh, go to the same commercial for Roads to the Top as they've shown for the last three weeks. Uh, then Dan Lambert yells at us from a skybox. Dan Lambert yells at us from a skybox. Any thoughts on Dan Lambert, folks? I love Dan Lambert. I've loved. I've loved. I think Dan Lambert is fantastic. He's the best promo in AEW already. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. then. But did you see the segment? Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you watched the pre-show. I did not. I didn't see it. I saw. I didn't watch the match, but I saw this part. Would your Dan Lambert a fucking alarm go off? Did you hear people actually have a visceral reaction of anger to a promo in AEW instead of going, "This is awesome"? <laughs> yeah. But I said it. I said it last week. Dan Lambert's fucking working me, and I hate it. It's called <laughs> heel heat. I know. I know. I know. In this day and age, a lot of us have forgotten what that shit actually is. It's but Lambert's very good at it. Yeah, it's what the Miz does. Yeah. You're not supposed to like the bad guys. You're not. Not really. But that's what makes but Bobby cool. Lashley so fucking cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> the payoff here is for somebody to fucking punch Lambert in the fucking mouth. Which we already got, actually. Yeah, we yeah, already had. Archer gave him the fucking blackout. Like, what else? Well, I know, but that's the money shot whenever it happens. Sure. All right, then JR comes out, and we wait out the half hour. Uh, your opening contest on the paper, you proper, your TNT title match, Miro versus Kingston. Uh, Miro charges Kingston, who isn't in the corner, but right next to it. He hugs Kingston, they kind of turn into the corner, then Miro charges again, so Kingston can move and Miro can hit the buckles. You didn't mention what Kingston wore to the ring. (laughs) That's because I didn't write it down. (laughs) He wore his brand new t-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees that said, Redeem D's Nuts. (laughs) 
Uh, at one point, Kingston throws a fisherman's suplex for a two-count. I thought that was impressive. Uh, that guy got over? I don't like what... Uh, and then... Uh, it's always good when one of my notes starts with, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, a turnbuckle pad gets removed. Then later in the match, Bryce Remsburg stops Eddie Kingston from running Miro into the exposed buckle, which allows Miro to donkey kick Eddie in the balls. Because apparently rules matter right now. Because the buckle is exposed. This is moments after Eddie got a near fall on a back fist and a DDT because Bryce was putting the turnbuckle pad out of the ring, uh, at which point the crowd chanted, you fucked up at Bryce Remsburg. Uh, Miro with a big boot and he retains his title. Stupid fucking finish. Uh, yeah, I didn't care much for the finish. I didn't care for the stupid, um, the mule kick, the uh, low blow, because we've seen that eight million fucking times. Um, this match was what it was. It was just a way for Mira to get a win that was a little bit more difficult than Lee Johnson. Slightly. <laughs> I actually enjoyed this match, honestly. It was two big fucking guys beating the shit out of each other, two tough guys punishing each other. I was fine with it. I never felt wrong with that. Uh, it was one of was the dumb. more legitimate feeling fights yeah. on the show, honestly. Sure, sure. Yeah, my, my lack of notes indicates that I was actually kind of invested in watching the match and not yeah. typing shit up, but that finish was fucking to, stupid. To what Adam was saying last week on the show, it's like it wasn't flippy, dancey bullshit. It was like two guys who were fucking big, strong assholes who just wanted to beat the piss out of each other. I enjoyed that. Also, yes, the ending was a little t- little cliche, but at the same time, it also left open the possibility that you could get the rematch in Eddie's hometown in New York at the Arthur Ashe Stadium show. There you go. Oh, okay, that's true. Anyway, you're talking about you. You went from talking about big strong assholes to keeping things open, and I just lost interest. So, <laughs> <clears throat> speaking of assholes, check it out behind Troy. Oh no, it's gone now. Never mind. His head's in the way. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Any thoughts on the TNT title match, Troy? Didn't want uh, the, No, that's Ginger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite part of it was uh, Lana's sweet efforts. Yes, that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I ain't saying she's a gold digger. Um, so no, what Troy's referring good. to is after, after the show, Miro tweeted out, consider your nuts redeemed, to which Lana replied, I'll redeem yours when you get home. <laughs> hi Good job. No, I, I like the match. Um, I'm, I'm always going to be a sucker for big Haas fights. So, I mean, Miro, what he, he lacks in charisma and, and ability to coherently talk, he makes up for in slapping around his big titties. So, yeah. Big and, uh, men slapping meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston is fat, but so am I. So who might who might say anything about it? <laughs> uh, on the predictions, everyone except God's a Juggalo and Bruno picked uh, Miro. Uh, so good job. Yeah. On two and a half. From there, uh, match number two, John Moxley versus uh, Satoshi Kojima. Uh, Mox wearing a GCW hoodie for his entrance. He is, of course, the new GCW champion. Can't wait for Nick Gage to reappear on Dynamite to challenge him for the title. <laughs> I can't wait till they need to have a match and tell us the GCW title is the most important title ever defended on Dynamite, and then we never see it again. It'll be the what do we count? So was it six at this point? This, that'll be the sixth title defended on Dynamite. That's not an AEW title. Um, sixth or seventh because the NWA women's the, title too. Right. Mox wins with the paradigm shift. Uh, decent match. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider it a five star classic, but I really enjoyed it. They could have had Nick Aldis on, but he lost this title. The only guy in wrestling fatter than Eddie Kingston. <laughs> it's true <laughs> and uglier. 
But anyway. <laughs> God, a perfect Hope fucking time for that soundbite. Very nice. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, okay. Troy, your thoughts on this match? Mox versus... I just uh, gave him. Oh, oh, we're on the, oh. On the Moxie one. <laughs> I didn't think we were done. Oh, yeah. He said Paradigm Shift, and that was... Uh, oh, it. oh. It was, it, was, it was what it was. The, the, the problem is, is that uh, these matches are only for people who actually know who the fuck these guys are. And sure. if you're not if you're not a watcher of New Japan, then you're just like, sure. <laughs> like it, I, I envision the scenario sitting in the back. It's like, all right, John, uh, you're a huge part of AEW. We definitely want to have you on the pay-per-view. But we got Darby and Punk, and we've got, you know, fucking Omega and Christian. We got all this stuff going on. We don't really have a major person. Who do you want to feud with? Uh, Japan? Yeah, and it's like yeah, but what but if I from Japan? No, the whole fucking Japan, the whole fucking country. I want them all. Bring them all over. What if I beat this fifty-three-year-old guy, and then after I beat this fifty-three-year-old guy, you bring out another fifty-three-year-old guy? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem. I mean, Kojima obviously in Japan is a legend, mm. you know, but it's like you're bringing a fifty-year-old guy over. And then just expecting your crowd to be like, oh, that's Kojima, yeah! You know you know what this was? This, Do you remember back in the day... Kojima, when, that guy from Nintendo? <laughs> you know back in the day when WWE was really trying to put a Lunder Blaze over, and they were like, oh, we'll bring in Bull Nakano. Yep. And it's like, yeah, if you knew wrestling and you followed like the, the fucking magazines and shit, you knew who Bull Nakano was. If you were the re- average fan, you were like... To be fair, though, you see Bull Nakano come in with that fucking makeup on and the big fucking mohawk, and you're like, holy shit. You see uh, fucking Satoshi Kojima, and you're like, somebody lose their grandpa? <laughs> it, I mean, it, it felt a lot like what WWE used to, or WWE used to be like in his WBF when they had their kind of working deal Fuck, with New Japan. Nakazawa's uncle got out again. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, the WWF did it for a while there, where all of a sudden you'd be like, okay, for some reason, Kenzo Suzuki's on? Sure. Okay. I don't know who he is, but he got a cool name. Yeah, that's kind of what this was. But uh, it, the match was fine. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't anything. So, um, WCW did it, too, for, like, the longest time. They had a pay-per-view where yep. they, were, they actually had New Japan people on the pay-per-view and in a battle yep. royal, and... There was like 40 guys that nobody knew who they were. They just knew Muda. That was it. Yep. Um, See, if they'd have brought Muda in for this, I'd have been fucking down. <laughs> right. Where's so Hakushi? What's Hakushi doing? You know what I'm kind of sick of? And it, and it happens a lot. It happens a lot in AEW. The uh, exchanging forearms but no selling spot. I thought you were going to say exchanging fluid for a second there. <laughs> that too. Yeah, sure. Um yeah, I'm just Austin sick of that spot. From the elbow for some reason. I'm just sick of that spot. It's just so overdone at this point. Oh, you would not, you would not be a fan of Japanese wrestling. You're <laughs> sick of that Let spot, but you. the tope or the dive with everyone clustered outside, you're still cool with. I know. Yeah. I'm kind of over that too. <laughs> to be fair. So, following the match, some mysterious music plays. Moxley's incredulous. Pictures scroll on the big screens, commentary also incredulous, and here comes Minoru Suzuki. And I know that it's Minoru Suzuki, because they told me it was Minoru Suzuki. Everyone's impressed. Hold on, because this was the least impressive fucking debut I think AEW has ever done, (laughs) because they start playing the music, and everyone looks at it. Now, there's a segment of their audience that went, holy shit, at the crowd. You could hear it. Mm -hmm. But then the announcers kept going, it can't be him! 
but this fucking took so long yeah. that they had to like three times say, don't tell me he's here and not tell us who it is because they were clearly waiting until he came out to say his name. But meanwhile, just flashing between like shots of videos playing on the screen with nobody coming out and fat John Moxley, uh, who looks like he just finished dumpster diving before the show, standing in the ring, like looking out like. Yeah, that beard he's got ain't working for him. But it's like, holy shit, that nobody beer, knew who this fucking belly. guy was. That? that beer belly. I'm not, listen, I'm not calling out Moxie. He's in better shape than I am. But um, yeah. I was joking about the fat part. I mean, he's he's a little thicker in the face, but, you know. I say, the problem is the bald spot in the beard. It's not even the belly. <laughs> oh, he definitely looks like your drunk Uncle John that yeah. showed up at fucking <laughs> Christmas. But... No offense to the John that's on this network. Not, not the same person. <laughs> no, no. Different guy. Um, John's got better hair. This is true. true too. And his own trading cards. Um, but the uh, thing is, is that uh, it just felt like super anticlimactic by the time Suzuki walked out. And not for nothing, Minoru Suzuki is a far bigger name of a Japanese performer. If he's in the fucking building, why didn't we just have the match with him and Moxley? <laughs> to that That's point. A, like, that, to me, is more of a your biggest pay-per-view yeah. of the year match and then do the other guy on fucking Dynamite, Dynamite. Yep. in the wrong order. Yeah, so Minoru enters the ring, takes his robe off, and commentary seems to be all for this match happening right now. Uh, they trade elbows to the face, Sal's favorite spot, Suzuki with a boot, Moxley with a lariat, Suzuki with a sleeper, then a gotcha pile driver, and he puts a foot on Moxley's back to salute the crowd. Yay. Okay. Um... So, Adam, how familiar were, were you with Suzuki before he appeared on the stage? Have you met me? But you said you heard the name, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. Were you familiar in the biblical sense? <laughs> <laughs> Have you um, ever been inside of him? <laughs> I, I've seen... Why did you sound like Paul Heyman when you said that? Was <laughs> um, I've my seen clients inside of him, sir. My client would like to know how far your penis has been up his rectum. Before I sign this contract, <laughs> is anal <laughs> penetration included, or do we have to travel to Japan for that? I was going to say, do you have to pay extra? <laughs> um, I've seen a couple of Suzuki's <laughs> now, what the matches. Fuck were you talking about? I've seen a couple of Suzuki's matches, but Jason, I feel like you've seen a lot more. Uh, yeah. So tell tell us what we need to know about Minoru Suzuki. I mean, he's sort of like a Japanese Walter in the sense that he's just sort of his gimmick well, that's is not just make me want to watch a match. No, his it's, gimmick it's, is he just physically beats the shit out of everybody, chops the shit out of their chest till it's fucking Hamburg, and like I, I mean, I know a couple of guys who have worked with him. It's just it's not. It's not me. Yeah, it's not anything I'm into, to be honest with you. And I like, like, I thought for a second when that video played and the crowd went fucking nuts, I'm like, holy shit, they got Okada. No. And that I would have fucking popped for. Mm -hmm. but. but also, Mox. <laughs> it's funny coming from me. Moxley's not on Okada's level. Like, if, if Okada was going to show up, it'd be with I mean, Kenny from what I've seen since AEW started, Okada made Kenny Omega look really fucking good. So. Um, I was actually thinking it was going to be Tanahashi. I thought that's that's the story we were telling because I think we'll get there. I think okay, we're doing yeah. a slow build. Like I said, I think it's Moxley versus Japan, and eventually it'll become 
Tanahashi will become the Japanese guy that he's going to fight. But I think, you know what? I think that happens at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't see that happening on Dynamite. No, Moxley's going to send Lance Archer over if it's at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I told you I'm not going to Japan. By the way, nobody's seen Lance Archer Japan. since then, right? Right. We well, lost the belt. So. Right. Not on. Not on. Not Dynamite. on TV, no. Not well, not on AEW TV, and they not, not even actually mentioned on Dynamite, like ever. Nope. We we saw him win the belt, and then Disappear. we never talked about the belt again. <clears throat> and then the only thing he did was beat up um, Lambert once. That was it. Oh, that was before that. Did he, he have beat any Lam- other? He beat up Lambert before he won the title. Was it when the Men of the Year jumped him? Then might have been. That might have been after. He won the title. But that's the last I've seen of Archer. I haven't seen him since. So somebody Is says, it racist that John Moxie wants to take out a Japanese person on Match of All? What's that? Asking. Is it racist that John Moxie's character is I want to beat up Japanese people? No, because he sent out all the contracts to New Japan. So if Juice Robinson answered, I'm sure he I'm sure he'd fight him. If Juice Robinson answers, I'm not watching that match. <laughs> it would be like the ninth time they fought. Anyway. Women's title time. Dr. Yay. Uh, real quick. Didn't they oh, fucking... look at Sal interrupting as oh, Sal tries to move on. Oh, Jesus Christ. But didn't they book this out of order? Wouldn't you do... fucking hours to do, guys. Oh, shut the fuck up. Wouldn't they fucking put the Battle Royal first before the women's title match? Because it's the number oh. one contenders match. Do they always do the Women's Royal Rumble before the women's title match? No, but it just depends. It's just, I don't know. I didn't picture but, the... You answered your own question there, bud. I didn't I picture the... the women's title match third on the card. It just seemed, I don't know. Second. I love that the women's the the, the, the women's third battle the royal... The women's battle royal was the buy-in match. But they're like, oh, no, we're going to move that to the main card. And they move away the fuck to the, like, the, near the end of the main yeah. card. It's like, well, what the yeah. fuck? Well, no, Sal, you do the number one contenders match after the, the title match, because then you can go, that winner will take on such and such person, then. Not that, right, that we don't have to do that. Yeah, it's not going to be, the winner will take on whoever wins this match between these ones coming up later. Like, yeah, it's, it's just it's just synergy a little bit better. That's all. That's KT, uh, to your point, Jason, KT says, I mean, if Cody can beat up foreigners, why can't Mox? True. It's true. It's true. Cody ended racism. <laughs> With just the power of his penis. The American homeless person, John <laughs> Moxley. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. At one point, Orange Cassidy, yes, that Orange Cassidy, screams at, Britt, at Chris Statlander to get back in the room. Not wearing jeans, we should point that out. Oh. Character development. Powers in the jeans. Long-term storytelling. Uh, two words, gentlemen. <laughs> the whole story was him getting into sweatpants. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh Sunrise. Uh, oh, the crowd, crowd popped for that. that. Yeah, the crowd loved that. Mm-hmm. They, they, and, they had an idea, an inkling. Yeah. That was foreshadowing. But, uh, Britt retains the title with the lockjaw. To the surprise of literally no one. No. Because uh, everybody, by the way, everybody picked John Moxley and everybody picked Dr. Britt Baker. <laughs> Yep, so far, I'm so. perfect on this. That's too bad you didn't get your picks on time. Um, uh, yeah, this one I enjoyed. I enjoyed this match for what little build it had. I mean, nobody killed each other, which is always a plus in an AEW women's title match. Sure. And it didn't involve Nyla Rose, so 
we were already ahead of the curve. Just nobody, into nope. this nobody did a backflip and landed on their own head. Well, <laughs> yeah. you say that, but okay, a couple she things. Did. Um, when Statlander had Britt up for the superplex and then kind of lost her for a second, yeah. I was worried. Yeah, but she yeah, that got very very scary. It did. It really did. Um, but thank God it, it ended up fine. But then. Later on, when she did the um, the moonsault, the standing moonsault off the apron, I could have sworn she hit the back of her head, but maybe, I, I don't know. I didn't watch it, you know, I didn't go back and see, but... <laughs> we probably we shouldn't just... do the standing moonsault off the apron to no one catching you. Can, can we just have an honest discussion about the fact that Britt Baker is not that good of a wrestler yet? Like, there's potential, and she's great on the mic. She knows how to generate interest and heat. But then you get to the match. See, I feel like she's middle of the pack. Like, there are people in AEW that are much worse. So it's sort of like that thing in high school where the average-looking girl would hang out with the really ugly girl so she would look better by comparison. Like, next to the rest of the AEW women's division, she looks great. But to that at, point, at least Jamie Heaters see on TV. is really good. Yeah, mm. but we haven't seen her that much on TV. That's true. And you don't think she was brought in there to eventually turn on Britt Baker? So yeah. you're saying Britt Baker is Natalia, but Natalia when it was the Divas division. Yeah. Pretty yes. Much. Yes. But, but even... Less even yeah, less, but even much less, less farting. farting. <laughs> but even saying that, there's a good... Three or four people that I think are better than her on the AW roster. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Thunder Rosa is, mi- is miles better. Ruby Soho is a lot better. Hikaru uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> who I who's that? I don't know who that second person is. Uh, hmm. Oh yeah, never mind. Um, here I would even Jade Cargill. No. <laughs> I would pick Kira Hogan about the same level as, as her. Yeah, is Kira Hogan Kira... still signed to Impact? Is she just making no. an appearance? No, no, she's done. No, oh, she's, she's done. done with Impact. Okay, she signed yeah. with AEW. Okay, yeah, she went in to be with her girlfriend. So, yeah, that's why Double she's here. Now. Off, I am just saying. Oh my god! Like I was, I was, dude, I was so so excited because I don't want to watch Impact, but I really like Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Now I'm a little bummed, obviously, that Tasha isn't also free to go someplace else. They are but, great as a tag team. Yeah, but at least having Kira Hogan over on AEW, at least that means I could probably catch her, you know, on YouTube a couple of times. <laughs> More on uh, a similar story later. Uh, backstage, Marvez is with Andrade and Chavo. He tells us nothing new, of course. Accuses Andrade of causing the travel issues and puts the mic into his face. <laughs> see, see, Andrade made the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> And Andrade goes, you know, I've been here for three months, and I have worked one match. Mm-hmm. With Matt fucking Seidel. Yes. But I can tell you, they're at least paying me. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. At least in uh, the other place I could fuck Charlotte in the locker room. Yes. Now I have to sneak her in. <laughs> I was going to say, they're probably still Sneak trying. her in and sneak it in her. I was, just trying, to, <laughs> was trying to think of Except how. Rick is in the room. It's very weird. But Rick is normally in the room, though, so it's not that I was weird. Say, Rick but... was in the ring when he took on Omega a couple months ago. Every time See, but... I thrust, he goes, woo! Yeah. It's very, very distracting, but eventually you get a good rhythm. And you just, woo, 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 woo. 
And you're good to go. He continuously refers to my dick as Space Mountain 2. I'm very confused. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing. But I don't speak English so good. I enjoy that both of your Andrade impersonations just sound like Ricardo Montalban. Um, <laughs> Andrade, I, I was leaning towards the guy from fucking Mr. Deeds. I'm very, very sneaky. Mm. I was going more for Banderas. <laughs> so next B. Uh, Andrade My says guy's he, a bigger sex symbol, Troy. I, I guess he yeah. do with Pac's travel issues because he came here to fight. He wanted to fight. Uh, Chavo seems to have been the one to cancel the flight, but uh, says he didn't, and they don't make anything of it. So... Uh, Chavo says Pac's not here because he's scared, and that's all we get from that. So, you see, the the issue was is that in order for this to make sense, it, it would mean that I had to force Pac to get on a plane, knowing very well that he could not leave the U.S. but also couldn't get back into the U.S. And it made no sense that he would ever have left America, considering that he had matches booked. So of course we're just making up excuses because we just didn't want he just didn't want to lose to me. Now tell me, on that plane, was there any rich Corinthian leather? There was some. <laughs> now, Tony, now read, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Tony, 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 I read that Park is not here for the same reason Sasha Banks was not at SummerSlam. <laughs> Do you happen to know what that reason was? Apparently, nope. apparently, Pac is pregnant, and that's the reason why he's not able to do this See, match. See, now you're stopping so. rumors. Now you're making people think Sasha. Wait, 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 wait. Pac's not married, is he? Pac? I don't, I don't fucking know. So the son of a bastard is going to be a bastard? I'm not a. I am. I am not Pac's biographer, so I do not know. Trying, so trying to make wait, wait, wait. Didn't Pac leave WWE because he didn't want to lose to Enzo? That's one of the reasons. So the royalties over WrestleMania. Were do do you one. guys think that this is him, like, well, you being see, a bitch about it? Or do you think... You see that they, they wanted, I will say they that. Wanted... <laughs> Hold on. In all seriousness, in, in response to yourself, we've talked in the past how when everyone's like, oh, you know, when they find out AEW might not be interested in them, all of a sudden they stop doing Fed Bad and start talking about how they might be in right circumstances. <laughs> I might be willing to go... I recently saw an interview with Pac where he said, you know, I didn't have any problems with WWE. It's just they didn't have anything for me, so I decided to move on. Which, move on? He stopped showing up for work? <laughs> right, which is sort of like, oh, so maybe you're just not happy where you're at now and you're looking to open the door to go back. Yeah. Interesting. It, it His is. contract's got to be up soon, right? But he does. He was, hey, he I heard you original. guys talking on NXT Rundown. He does still live in England. He never bought a residence in Orlando yeah. or Jacksonville. We literally right. never discussed that on NXT Rundown. No. But also, like, We've talked you guys discussed that on AEW yeah. Rundown. Because <laughs> that's why he was gone for so fucking long, because he couldn't get over because of the, uh, the fucking pandemic. Yeah, but he was he was over here, and you're going to tell me that the guy who's is like, I know I've got a match in two weeks, but let me fly back home for a week before it, I come back. Knowing no, him? He's done it before. First of all, you don't know him. So don't say that. Don't be <laughs> okay. knowing him. We've you don't know seen him. reports of him doing that in during the pandemic, where he wasn't I, he, and he had travel issues to come back. I just, I just don't. I had no idea England was that close to South Africa. Yeah, I just don't believe that he actually left the states. Is all I'm saying. Newcastle apartheid England. Because I, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I hate that so much. <laughs> That's my whole thing is that when when that report when that report came out that it was like, 
oh, he's he he wasn't booked for the same reason Sasha was. I was like, oh, it's because he didn't want to lose. That's what the, that's what they're trying to say. Not that he has travel issues, but that he didn't want to lose, which would be the same reason why Sasha might turn around and be like, I'm not going to go in that match. If you believe what they say, which I don't, I, you know, I I tend to think think that there's a better chance that he is still in America and didn't fucking want to lose to Andrade than he flew well, back. Well, they're wrestling on Rampage. So. I, was gonna say, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. So then, what's the difference between losing to Andrade on Friday then? Because maybe he's not going to lose now. <laughs> so he Sal's being invaded by pussy. Uh, that's Adams. Adams. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens on Friday. But I was actually looking forward to that match, and it was kind of disappointing that it didn't happen. So, yeah. yeah. But apparently, he could get a, a flight now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but if he That's loses, what we're saying, right? But he we're, wasn't we're also saying if he loses to Andrade what? on Dynamite, it just had to do with being in Chicago, like on it's, Rampage, rather. It's 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 five whole days later, so his so his quarantine is up at this point. Now yeah, that might just, be a valid reason. Maybe he got COVID. Well, well, it's from the travel. You travel across the country lines. You got to stay in your fucking hotel for two weeks and not touch anything. But if I'm if I'm uh, like not touching anything is part of the <laughs> anything. All right, match number four. Marty Jannetty could not handle that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, match number four. Your tag title cage match: the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. Uh, we get a live version of the of the Lucha Brothers theme song. Turns out it does have more lyrics. It's a uh, new they, version. They are. It is Spanish. a new version. Yeah. yeah. They they debuted it last week, and you guys were still making fun of the old version, like you didn't notice they had a new version. I didn't. I obviously noticed it more this time because I actually like the they've live been coming song. after the Death Triangle theme. Um, no, I I like the performance. I thought it was uh, I thought it was actually pretty good. Sal very thrilled because Penta finally has new gear. Uh, they both enter wearing enormous headdresses. Uh, thank you, Fred. Uh, no escape in this cage match. Only pinfall or submission. So, so, so Sean will be happy. Uh, Don Callis on commentary, sadly. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. No escape, so it's elimination chamber in Germany? <laughs> uh, notes that I forgot that I wrote. During the perineal punisher, I just want to, uh, somebody to yell, Drop kick that man's asshole! <laughs> Uh, Jr. God, Jr. A good, I guess, uh, ten minutes into this match, says, "I don't know who's legal. Uh, this may be a Texas tornado type of situation." How? Jim? <laughs> <laughs> he did say I that. <laughs> Jim Ross is not an idiot, but I swear to God, sometimes. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Is this supposed? To, are they supposed to be tagging in? In this cage match. Uh, the Bucks attempt to tear the brothers' masks off at one point. Uh, Cutler hurls a bag into the ring, and Matt removes a shoe in order to replace it with a shoe with thumbtacks on the bottom of it. Uh, Penta gets super kicked with this shoe after diving in front of his brother. Uh, you, guys, they, you guys remember this shoe? Yes. it was. On, they said it. They said that he used it when they... Um... Oh, my God. It wasn't the shoe. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Adam, do you remember this shoe? No. It was on an episode of BTE you guys covered. Yep. When they did the Matt and Nick Jackson fight at the house during the oh, episode 200. Yeah, no wonder I don't remember that. <laughs> but it's also, it's not the first time they've used that shoe. They used it in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla on Candice LeRae at one point 
which if you go and watch that match, is the most I've ever seen a woman bleed from the head in a wrestling match. Gross. Yeah. I like the caveat there. I, I, the I knew because I knew where you were going to go. <laughs> I cut you off before you had a chance. Shucks. You know me so well. Wait, there was that Royal Rumble where Beth Phoenix cut her head split open. Nope, worse. Worse. Oh, it, oh uh, dude, worse. So I don't think worse. I want to see it. <laughs> no, you don't. It's no. bad. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, they, they throw Penta's head into the shoe with the tax on it and then have to push it back into place because commentary is like, oh, his mask got stuck. No, fucking didn't. Um, then Nick hits a running boot to Penta's head with the tax. Uh, my question is, how is the shoe not destroying the canvas if it's so fucking deadly? Uh, eventually, Phoenix gets the shoe. He hits both bucks with it, but cannot pin Matt with a spinning muscle buster. Uh, synchronized package pile drivers on the apron by Matt and Penta. I enjoyed that spot. Uh, Matt gets destroyed off the top by Penta. Sadly, Excalibur does not say, that's the move that nearly crippled Jungle Boy. Uh, the chopping in a circle spot was fucking dumb. Uh, the super kick in a circle was worse. Uh, Phoenix dies, uh, dies, almost. almost, Phoenix dives from the top of the cage, Nick gets his package pile-driven, and Phoenix prevents Matt from breaking up the pin, and my friends, we finally have new AEW Tag Team Champions. Ew. And oh, and that, you know what, and, and that fucking piece of shit next to it, too. No, no, thank you. We can cut it from that. Looks like it's got a real tiny dick, doesn't it? <laughs> I like, how, I like how Candace play. is bleeding all over the place, and that's where your eye went. Um, well, I've seen her bloody. <laughs> just... so, so, the tag team cage match. I like that the crowd started chanting, you sick fuck, at, um, at Matt Jackson when he brought the shoe out. Also, fuck you, Young Bucks, was the chant that happened during this match. Well, um, yes. Um, okay, so... There were definitely also parts. the you sick fuck thing is is a PWG nod too. Yeah, that I was aware of. I've heard that before. So, I mean, these two teams do have good chemistry. The Lucha Bros are are really good. Obviously, the Bucks do what they what they do. Um, was a lot of shit choreographed. Yeah, a lot. But they keep a they keep. A really good pace, and they beat the fuck out of it. Goddamn fucking Penta looked like fucking Eddie Guerrero at the time he fought JBL. Yeah. Um, I feel like the fact that they were in the cage, like they had the, the constrictions of the, the cage being around the ring, made it feel less dancey-dancey to me. Sure. First uh, off, you shouldn't have a cage where somebody can pretty much go under the apron. Like, that's the problem with the cage design in general. Because very early in the match... That's why there's no escape, because you, you touch the floor. Oh, that could happen during the match. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be able to touch the floor in a steel cage, but that's just me. Um, I think it sort of defeats the purpose. Um, I liked the match. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy these two teams working together in general. Were there some overly choreographed spots? Sure. Um, but that's what AEW wrestling is. I mean, it's sort of what you get. There was more psychology in it than most Young Bucks matches. Yeah. Um, so I was I was okay with it. I thought they built to a crescendo. I thought the falsies were great along the way. My biggest thing with this match was that it felt less than it could have been because I don't feel like we got a ton of reason to care about this match. I felt like we started building towards the Bucks versus the Dark Order, and then we went, oh, fuck, we're not going to do that. And then we started telling mm-hmm. the story of the Bucks versus 
the Lucha Express. Jurassic, Jurassic Express, yes. Um, and then we went, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to swerve you. It's going to be the Lucha Bros. And by the time we got there, I didn't have any emotional investment in this going sure. into the match. Yeah. Now, that said, they did a fantastic job of making me emotionally invested in the Lucha Bros winning in the body of the match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I could have enjoyed it more with better build. Mm-hmm. Sure. I've said that. I've said that basically every tournament that they've done thus far. Is it's very, very predictable up until the finals, and then in the finals they're going to go, oh, we're going to swerve you, and and do something else, and you know have the person <clears> that you don't think is going to win the final. Like it's going to be the two teams that you, I think the two participants that you think it's going to be in the finals, but then they're not going to have who you think is going to win go win. That's and yeah. They do it every fucking time. I was yeah. going to say they did that with the TNT title with Cody TNT and Archer. Title. Um, <clears throat> so no, I, I actually agree with everything Jason said. Um. And I do agree that they did start telling. When you're at your best, so yes, um, they start. T- they started telling that story during the match, and you started mm-hmm. to uh, feel sympathy for the Lucha Bros. Um, that spot at the end with Penta's daughter was both touching and gruesome. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten there yet. Uh, yes, I wrote the Lucha <laughs> Brothers are emotional. Uh, Penta wildly waving for someone to come to the ring. Uh, Abrantes and Phoenix head to the stage while Penta hugs his daughter and I assume his wife. Uh, we get a curtain call on the stage. We got a commentary for highlights of the first half. Um, yeah, that they, was nice. They were the, so emotional because they were like, holy shit, I never thought this company was ever going to put us over. Seriously. <laughs> Here's the question. Right? <clears throat> Do they still have the belts by the next pay-per-view? Oh, probably. But here's, here's, the, here's the better question. Do the belts get put on TV as much as they've been put on TV when while the Bucks have held them? Yes, no. because I think the Bucks are winning it back before the next pay-per-view. Yeah. I think they're winning it back on Dynamite at some point. Really? Yeah. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Possible. Uh, predictions, these uh, these next two matches, actually, this one and the next one, were the two most uh, split in terms of uh, predictions. For the record, Adam... Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Jackson uh, and I both Yete, have uh, Single H, uh, Dicko Loco, and uh, Brad F. picked the Lucha Brothers. To win that, uh, everybody else right there with you guys. The Bucks to retain. Uh, this joke wasn't funny when you did it to Troy, and you pissed Troy off with it. So, uh, up next, the casino. These are, the, these are my legitimate predictions. Uh, first suit is clubs. She is sky blue. Emmy Sakura, whose theme song still fucking sucks. Uh, Bunny and Abaddon. Uh, Bunny, by the way, I don't know if anybody saw this. Bunny posted a pic on Twitter yes. of her wrist tape with Daph written on it. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so all five of these girls got their individual entrances, right? Yeah, because it was the very beginning of the match. Okay. Sal? Yes. Are we bringing back that old segment? Is it racist? No. Ah. What or segment? Did you not... Who the fuck is Sky Blue? Oh, you asshole. I know who Sky Blue is. You probably yeah, that makes one. that makes one yeah, of us. One star? <laughs> yes. Right up there with Velvet Sky. No, I'm pretty sure if you look up Sky Blue, there was a porn star by the name of Sky Blue. I wouldn't doubt. Is she might in have been the sorority? Just a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually rather disappointed that Troy didn't know this off the top of his head. He actually had to look it up. You're more good with the porn star names than Troy is. Troy doesn't focus on the names. <laughs> That's true. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> We've had these discussions. All right, so you're not going to tell me who Sky Blue is? All right. Uh, she's the, first uh, she's one the local girl uh, out of Chicago. No, 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 no Troy's going to tell a... you who Sky Blue is. <laughs> Sky Blue is a porn star. Uh, S-K-Y-E. Sky yeah, Blue is a yeah, porn star. That's how this one was spelled. 
Whoops, then uh, she has the exact same name. <laughs> Do you have her uh, biography, Troy? Uh, accomplishments, no. places we might have seen her before? No. <laughs> uh, Sky Blue, the wrestler, is a professional wrestler. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thanks. Um, she's 21. Uh, she went to the Chicago-style wrestling school uh, and is a former 0-1 USA Women's Champion, CSW Women's uh, Champion, and GPW Battle Royale Champion. I hear they teach wrestling and pizza. That's uh, true. They my do. Man and a former FFM champion. Is that... Is that I'm going to guess that that's something dirty. Uh, Montanez, 1998, in the chat. Welcome in. BGB. Uh, thanks for the follow last week, saying the reason I couldn't watch WB is because I went to Chicago for CM Punk's return, and honestly, I can say it was a beautiful moment. Uh, then the summer happened while I was watching Raw. I feel like a kid who saw an older sister or brother get a PS5, but they passed their PS4 on to me. Yeah. Is this the guy that was crying at CM Punk's? Yes. Shout out to the person watching us whose name is Feet. I appreciate that. that uh, yeah, that's a bot that shows up quite a bit. <laughs> Only when I'm on, because you got to show feet, man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't shown feet once yet, Troy. That's true. Anyway. I've, hu- I've hung dong. I'm not wearing socks, so. Go for it. I'm sure some of you get wet. Sky Blue is out first, <laughs> eliminated by Abaddon, then Bunny tosses Abaddon. The Diamonds are next, Anna J, Kira Hogan, Kylan King, the You're like an asshole. Oh, it's just your cat, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I can't control them. Uh, Diamante and King are eliminated in short order. Sheeta is out thanks to Nyla. Time for the Hearts with Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hayter. Oh, I thought and... it was Natty and Jenny. Okay. Big Swole. Uh, my stream Big lags swole. from time to time. She yeah. still works for this company? Mm-hmm. More on that later. Uh, my stream lags from time to time, so I apologize if I miss an elimination. Uh, final suit is Spade. I'm sorry, what stream? You mean your, ble- your Bleacher Report Live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you mean your, fight, your, fight your girl stream? Uh, Spades, Ty Conti, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch, Jade Cargill, and Rebel. Uh, Red Velvet immediately turns Hater inside out with a spear. That, uh, didn't look bad. Uh, Penelope Ford eliminates Anna J. Bunny is out as well. They, uh, Jade tosses Layla Hirsch onto Anna, Bunny, and two referees. Uh, the crowd is chanting Ruby Soho with 10 seconds left on the clock. The Joker yeah. is Ruby Soho. Uh, so we're down to Penelope Ford, Ty Conti, Nyla Rose, Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, and Jamie Hayter. Uh, Hayter gets eliminated by Jade. Jade tosses Velvet twice. Uh, Nyla then eliminates Jade. Ty eliminates Penelope. Rose eliminates Ty. Nyla, Nyla also eliminated any of Jade's modesty. Yep. <laughs> what was the tweet? Thank God for cover-ups? What is it? Say? It said, thank uh, God for nipple covers, which I don't agree with. <laughs> Uh, Rose eliminates for, for nipple covers. Who had more trouble with their top? Her in this match or Raquel Gonzalez to take over? It's a toss up. Raquel because she didn't have nipple covers. <laughs> she didn't. Sure. I don't I still don't think we ever saw anything. So I mean, if, if, I didn't... if Jade hadn't, we would have seen everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, and Ruby Soho are your final three. Then uh, Thunder Rosa eliminates Nyla. Uh yet another women's battle royal that ends with the final two on the apron. Uh, and Ruby Soho wins, unless you're JR, in which case Ruby Riot wins. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Every fucking time. And he never even called her as Ruby Riot in WWE. That's the fucked up part. Like, I can see him calling 
Paul White Big Show. He called him that for decades. Probably still calls mm-hmm. him show backstage. Right, right, yep. right. This yeah. one, I don't know. Well, obviously he watched WWE, so <laughs> a lot. It was, it was late. Grandpa was tired. <laughs> it was like nine o'clock, but that's okay. She, she, she's a wrestler with a vagina. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make any assumptions. I don't know what she got. Jason, what'd you think of this match and the Joker? Uh, Jade is going to kill somebody at some point. It's a good um, possibility. It's entirely possible. Uh, you put her and Nyla together, you're asking for a fucking in-ring death. Um, so I thought... I liked the, uh, and as much as I don't love necessarily everybody involved in Ring, uh, I thought they did a nice job of continuing some stories such as the uh, Anna J, Bunny, Tay, Penelope thing. I thought they worked that well through the fabric of the match. Anna, um, Anna, Anna J, Bunny, Tay? You talking about in the Pig Latin all of a sudden? No, just uh, fantasy talk. Um, anyway, the um, as far as Ruby... Um, happy for her. She was incredibly underutilized and misused by WWE, so I'm hoping that improves here. Here's the problem. The way you booked this, there's two possibilities. One, you brought her in to immediately lose to Britt Baker. Two, you brought her in and are immediately putting her over the entire rest of the female roster. Mm-hmm. Neither one is good. The the winning formula here is you have her get eliminated in a shitty fashion by some heel that she can go and feud with for a little while while you have Thunder Rosa win this battle royal because that's the one people have wanted to see who's earned the spot at this point. Mm. And then you have, and I know this is shocking for, for AEW, two women's programs that have heat. Lord, we don't have time for that. <laughs> So, I I wrote, great moment for Ruby Soho, great back and forth with her and Thunder Rosa, but I'm interested to see what they do, because they've kind of booked themselves in a corner. Do you you go full TNA and have Ruby win the title in her first match, or even her first feud, or do you have her job out to Britt Baker immediately? Unless somebody costs her the match, and that's the spinoff into another feud, but... Then do that here. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not going to have any, any not, not one of those fans in that building was going to complain if Thunder Rosa won that match. Oh, God, no. Yeah, God, that's no. true. And that was a great exchange. Just that fucking two or three minutes they had. I want to yeah. see more of that. Yeah, yeah TL's point, I used to, I, that's what I always, I used to say that about, about TNA. You know, Christian when Christian Cage came in, when Kurt Angle came in, what you're saying, and gets the title immediately, what you're saying is, oh, this cast-off from that other company is better than our entire company. <laughs> The other Isn't that like the catchphrase of AEW at this point? <laughs> yeah. The other problem that you're going to run into is the fact that people might boo Ruby Soho now. Because Britt Baker is their biggest face, even though she plays a heel. And they so continue to book her as a, as a heel. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Ruby Soho is going to go on against that match. And I have a feeling that there's going to be more fans of Britt Baker than Ruby Soho in that match. Yeah, so you have to double down on that. We were in Chicago, which is, you know, a place Ruby has worked for years before WWE, mm-hmm. and 
I don't want to say she's over there. Obviously, she was. But if we go to... Chicago's a different animal, man. No, 100%, but that's what I'm saying. She got a great reaction in Chicago. Those couple weeks when they weren't in Chicago. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Ruby got a great reaction in Chicago. What's what's it going to be like when we get to New York? What's it going to be? New York should be fine, actually. That's pretty cool, though. I'm not going to lie. Which Say one? that again. When she like realizes she won, and she looks over, and Remsburg's there, and she's like, "Oh, hi, Bryce!" And they have yeah. a big hug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that was it. Was Sorry. great. Um, I'm excited uh, and, for her and, being here. Like I said, I'm super happy for her. She is incredibly talented. She was never given a shot to have the run she should have had in WWE. It looked like when they had her paired off with Charlotte on a couple pay per views, it looked like maybe they were going to go there, and they just never yeah. went all the way with it. Sure. Um. But the trick is, if AEW is not going to go all the way with it, then it's just another cock tease. Let's go all the way. And I think the money for them, for AEW at this point, is still in Thunder Rosa taking down Britt Baker. Yeah. And which means that Ruby becomes a casualty of Britt Baker, and I don't think that helps her at all. But is she she big enough on her own that she can, you know, withstand something like that? Was was really good booking, sure. Have you seen any evidence that that happens here? <laughs> Specifically but, for the women's division. Yeah, right. Um, um, that was another they, thing they, I took Who away. else is in a program that's not centered around the title? Nobody. For the women? Anna Jay and Penelope Ford, because dead ass. That's yeah, about I was going to say, that's the only other... Oh, apparently Diamante and Big Swole have this huge feud, but nobody knows about it, because it's only Some on dark. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, they, uh, they eliminated each other, and, and um, I think Excalibur said, like, oh, they're continuing their feud, they, this red-hot rivalry. How the fuck would we know that? Well, I also believe, wasn't it, uh, wasn't it Swole that eliminated Kira Hogan, too? Yeah. Or was that Jade? I don't know. Jade, Jade uh, did have a couple eliminations, but like you said. Um, so, here's what I don't understand. In a battle royal, <laughs> aren't they able to, like, hide you better? Like if you not if you, when they try to make you a focal point. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. She's she's very fucking green and sloppy and dangerous. And the Four worst people. part about it is, if you follow her on Twitter, she doesn't realize how bad she is. Mm. Well, no, That's of course thing. not. She's not from this world. Didn't she come from the if, fitness model world or whatever? If you have a, if you have a, somebody at that level who's even getting pushed, but is still humble and working hard and recognizing where the she doesn't. She thinks she's great. In fact, to the point where she's lecturing other people on how to act. Oh God, that's and good so formula. like that's not going to go over well in the locker room. Uh, four people picked, uh, uh, as Troy put it, mystery woman, most likely Ruby Soho, mm-hmm. uh, Yete, God's Juggalo, uh, myself, and Troy. And Jason. Uh, everyone else except for Brad picked Thunder Rosa. So everybody, uh, Brad got the final two at least. So there's that. Um, oh, that was match... the other thing about this battle royal. Because um, <sighs> <laughs> I just, let me just say this. I didn't, there are some women in this company that are signed to AEW that can work. And they're, and they're pretty fucking good. Jamie Hayter being one of them. And there are a bunch of other women in this company that are pretty terrible. Tay, Bunny, sorry to say, but Anna Jay, she's not 
there yet. Maybe she gets there one day, but she's still very green. Um, they have a lot of those. Even the people who have been there for a long time, like on Dark, um, I don't know. I don't see them getting that much better. No, but that's their performance center, so. That, and and that's the issue, is because they're just getting put into matches. They're not actually doing any of the like actual training things that you do to become a better worker like they do in, in the, at the PC, where you've got guys down there, and, and their whole thing is, even guys like Kevin Owens that come in, it's like, okay, First day, you're doing forward rolls. It, it's you're literally like reteaching people everything that they need to know. So that's why you know, I mean, some of these people that have come in there look really good, and when they came from WWE, other people like Tay Conti, who never absorbed anything apparently from her time in the PC, is just garbage. A pump kick. She absorbed. Yeah. She <laughs> absorbed well, pump kick. The yeah. other thing is too, if you work people who are really good, you're gonna get better. Who do these girls work that's really good? Coaching sports, you learn very quickly, you don't get better in games. Mm-hmm. You're too focused on what you're doing, you're too focused on what's going on around you, the moment, you're not, you're not thinking about the repetition, the, the adjustments, those things. That's why you don't have people who are green wrestle in front of a crowd. Wait, wait, wait. We talking about practice? <laughs> yes. Not a game. Not a game. I don't get that reference. Adam um, with the sports quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, match number six. Uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho. Okay. I was I was very happy that they gave the women more time on this one pay per view than they have in the last I don't know ten weeks of TV combined. Um, yep, combined. <laughs> Um, yeah, any anything to not talk about this match? Well, there were some. There were some. What MJF beat Chris Jericho? <clears throat> Justin when Roberts I, makes. When the I went intro- to the bathroom, <laughs> Justin Roberts makes the introduction to the match. <laughs> Didn't hear what that said. Justin Roberts makes the introduction <laughs> said, to the match. Surprise, motherfucker! And, and then the lights, and then the lights go out. On the screen pops up an old, uh, an old school Y two J style countdown. It counts down from 12 to 0. I don't know if the 12 meant something or not. Uh, lights go out, pyro, and then Jericho's last match appears on the big screen in the same font as Jericho when he was in WF. Um, it spins once. Because they're then, doing their own thing. And then the cat jumps on the piano. This, I, I love this. Yeah. this. It's the joke here. MJF's, MJF's theme song. Um I thought this was fucking genius. This the, this popped me huge. I bet I thought Jericho was um, was just coming out to his old 1999 Raw debut, and I was like, oh, I didn't expect it to say Jericho's last match. I like this better when it was Edge coming out to the Brood theme. Mm. He did the exact same thing. No, it's, uses it's, old theme. And it's then... not Jericho. This wasn't Jericho's entrance though. This was MJF. That well, was the gimmick, like yeah. Well, that's the I guess that's I don't know. It's just kind of M- uh, M- MJF then enters wearing a robe that looks like the one from the animated Robin Hood movie. Yeah, the robe was sick. Robe was robe game was on point. Yeah, the one with the the foxes. Yeah, that's what it looked like. That's what it reminded me. Of. It looked like a king's robe to me. Yeah, exactly. It was nice. Oh, you meant the king from that. Yes. 
Oh, okay. I'm like, I was like, uh, I told Robin my friends Hood I was going to Yorkshire. They said, where the fox at? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, then, then we go from we go from that entrance to some dude trying to play an instrumental version of Judas, uh, but getting too far away from the amp with his wireless receiver on his guitar and having it completely just sound like shit. This was the greatest entrance in the history of professional. <laughs> uh, JR says, nobody wants to see Jericho go. Are you sure about that? You should pop no, no, no. He meant, by go, he meant wrestle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, at one point, Jericho just takes a stanchion of some sort and just kind of tosses it at MJF's head uh, because apparently this is no disqualification. But it's AEW, so who the fuck cares? No, no, um, okay, wait, stop, 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 stop. And I know you, maybe you haven't gone to it, maybe you're going to skip through it. I just, I have to fucking say this. So, two minutes into the match, they fight into the crowd, okay? And Jim Ross fucking says, this match has no count out. Why would you have rules in a situation like this? And no one, not Excalibur, nobody fucking corrects him. So that's on them, right? <laughs> and then later on... They don't know what the when rules do we have, are. When do we have <laughs> no, they don't. None match. of them yep. know what the rules are. They're just like, uh, sure. No, I mean, yeah. the whole fucking company. Yeah, you're not kidding. In this one match, they decided it was a no count out, and then they told us, oh, no. I don't know if Jericho's <laughs> going to make it back in by the count of ten. Well, yeah. Uh, which is my next note. Jericho would be dead until eight and a half gimmick. He is then barely able to pop up power bomb MJF against the apron. Uh, Wardlow appears. Jake Hager fights him off, proving that Jake Hager is, in fact, still alive. The cameraman uh, just... fucked this all up, though, because <laughs> we heard Jake Hager, like, come down the ramp. We heard the crowd react. The announcer said, oh, someone's behind him. And then we just see them brawling. So we didn't even see, like, Jake Hager come out. So, whatever. This distracts Aubrey, which allows MJF to strike Jericho with Floyd. Then a Aubrey's Judas like, from him. I want to squirt. <laughs> then a Judas from uh, MJF. And Jericho gets his foot on the ropes, but Aubrey doesn't see it. So let's dusty this motherfucker. <sighs> Paul Turner convinces nice Aubrey Edwards. to say about her vagina. Oh, <laughs> Sure, her like, husband enjoys it. Like sands through the hourglass. Um, Paul Turner convinces Aubrey that Jericho's foot was on the rope before the three count, so the match continues. Paul Turner, where the fuck did he if come I, from? Wait, when did this happen? If I may. I saw the three Paul count, Turner. I went to take a piss. What the fuck happened? Yeah, apparently you missed a lot. <sighs> so I might have to take a shit, too. You said it best in the host, Jason. It's fucking stupid when this happens. This makes no sense. In... No, because it's a standard. You're not setting it as a standard that's consistently enforced. How many times do we see matches end with bullshit? No referee comes out. It's one of those things that you only do when it's fucking convenient. Mm -hmm. Now, if you had said prior to this match, and you could have done this very fucking easily, mm -hmm. due to everything that's gone on between these two men, in order to make sure we have a clean finish because a guy's career is on the line, we are going to have a second referee at ringside. Mm -hmm. Problem fucking solved. Yeah. But no, Paul Turner was out there for the brawl and just happened to notice. Dude, I'll do you uh, one better. When they do a finish like this, they always have the special enforcer. You yeah. know what I mean? That that and that's the point. The guy's like, "Hey, I saw this. He cheated, or whatever." Speaking I'll do you enforcers. one better. Remember that time that WWE did a instant replay? 
<laughs> yes, that one time. You remember how? You remember that one and only time they had these team of judges for the title match between <laughs> Cody and Jerrica? And then they never talked about it again. Never again. Um, uh, remember that yeah, one so- time we did a SmackDown top ten? Uh, MJF ducks a Judas and cranks on the salt of the earth Jericho rolls it into a cover for two Jericho applies the walls MJF doesn't make it to the rope Jericho tries to apply the knee to the back but almost falls over so he just sits back down into a regular Boston and MJF taps out building those new stars this was my uh, easiest uh, worst moment of the night I just Look, we all knew we were in a no-win situation because if he lost, then we'd get him on commentary every fucking week. Not we're that still we gonna aren't going to anyway get him on rampage. commentary anyway. But, um, no, this whole fucking thing it just aggravated the shit out of me. He loses to MJF for half a year. More. More than that. And then well, he, gets his fi- he gets the final fucking win, though, so he wins the feud. Like, fuck off. Remember when we built Stadium Stampede around elevating Sammy Guevara to the top of the card against MJF? Yeah, I, I do remember that. And Sammy it's weird was... How, it's weird how Sammy wasn't on the show and Jericho somehow got the MJF match to pay-per-view, huh? Yeah, Sammy was red strange. hot. Sammy yeah. was red fucking hot after that. Strange how that happened. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I just... You think, you think he would have been on the pay-per-view if his girlfriend was hotter? Maybe. Maybe. Um, he was on the pay-per-view because after the match he came out. I was going to say that because Sal was so mean about her. I was not Dad. mean. I just it wasn't who I was expecting. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect you to engage this hideous fucking shot in the middle of the ring. <laughs> um, no, Sammy was on the show, though, because he came out when Jericho won. Him <laughs> and fucking uh, Santana and Ortiz. I just love the word chud. Right. Uh, we're 50-50 on the prediction poll with this. Uh, single H, God's a Juggalo, Bruno, uh, Whoa, 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 whoa wait, 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 wait. Troy, what'd you think of this? Okay. I've said it the whole time. I I thought it was, it was stupid to have Jericho win it because you literally made the past fucking, what, <laughs> six months? It was stupid to have this match. Yes, yeah. it was the dumb to have this match. The whole build was yeah. five labors, and we ended mm-hmm. up on six matches. Yeah, he yeah. lost. That should, yeah. And I said it that day. He said, that was the end of it, and I never wanted to hear that him again. And then oh. we fucking go. So we can get his goddamn win back on paper. And, and, and what you did here is basically say that MJF can beat Jericho only when bullshit goes on. Because every single match, and that's the thing. That's because, well, Jericho put him over like three times. No, Jericho never put him over. Jericho, no. he, he, it was always built around a way to keep Jericho looking strong and sympathetic. Yep. It was not about getting MJF over. It was about getting Jericho over. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Like, the, to me, it's like you took your best talker one of like your actual natural heels who still winds up getting good crowd reactions you know to the point where they actually boo him and you had him job out to 50 year old chris jericho so i i will say this this match ties into me with the grander theme of this entire night which is and and i sort of applaud it we're no longer trying to pretend we're just gonna push all the established ex WWE guys yep we've shifted past the we're going to build our new stars we've now acknowledged very clearly we're not fucking interested in that anymore 
which is fine. And that's what you want to do. No big deal. But they said they made that statement loud and clear on this show. Yeah. yeah. For oh, sure. But Mick Foley said, uh, said WWE is going to be in trouble. Well, Every, every but, few years, McFoley falls out of favor with them and then starts shit-talking them. And then he's back on the okay. payroll a couple years ago. Okay, later. hold on, though, because he's not wrong. No, he's not. He's no. not wrong. What, what our, our situation with AEW here doesn't make him wrong, right. but it also but it, it, it also means that AEW also might run into a problem because, as I said before on the show, they keep pushing guys who are talking about being retired in a year or two. Let's 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 flash back and people make the comparison to WCW all the time. I don't think it's necessarily a fair thing to do, but if you recall, WCW was catapulted by putting guys like Jericho and Benoit and Hooventude and all those guys on early and getting the crowd pumped, and that was what was really sort of the linchpin that started driving people to the WCW product. And then the outsiders came in. And then it was like, okay, well, there's a ceiling for you younger guys now. And then WWE went, well, you you know, you've got all the old guys. Why don't we just take all your your young guys who you're not using and we'll make them stars? And we're gonna see if in you know five years, Jungle Boys, you know, Jack Perry is a star in WWE because AEW gave up on him too early at the expense of wanting the instant pop of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I think Adam I think Adam Page is the is the big one there. That's that's a good point too. Well we yeah. that and I'm still waiting to see what they do with that. because um, obviously his wife's having a baby. It's, a, it's so. actually they were wrong. It's actually a three year storyline that they've been building. <laughs> um so next year at all out you'll find no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I understand his wife got pregnant. We'll we'll see. But um, the only thing I would disagree with you with the WCW thing is they weren't, I mean, Adam reviewed these 95 Nitros. They weren't good. You're telling me that, that the young guys in the Cruiserweight to Drew no, them in, but, but no, it was, it was Hogan. It was Hall and Nash showing up on the no, other no. channel. Like Adam, I mean, you've watched these shows. What was always the first match to get the crowd hot right off the bat? It was almost always a Cruiserweight match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost always a Jericho, a Malenko, a Benoit, one of those type of guys. That was their formula. Have those guys go out first, heat the crowd up, get them hot, and then we'll send out our stars. Yeah, I know, but it was the stars that got people to change the channel. Like Hogan turning heel, Hall and Nash, like... <sighs> right, you're missing the point, Sal. The point is, what WCW's strategy was, was, hey, we've got these really talented young guys who can work. Let's go out there, put them out there, and then never make them the focal point. Which is what AEW is starting to, to do now. You're the yeah. super elite. Oh, yeah. No, that feels 100% like the NWO. It's it's the elite and everybody they're friends with and everybody else. Right. And the, the reason why WWE was able to eventually win the war is because they brought over all of those young guys that WCW fucked over, like Guerrero, like Benoit, like Malenko. Oh. It's like Stone Cold and everyone else, and <clears> pushed <throat> them, and that's how they wound up winning. And that's that's what Jason is saying, is that now you're going to have a case where Adam Page is sitting there and going, well, I keep getting pushed on the card because here's another fucking ex-WWE guy that's getting pushed over me when I was red hot before, and he's going to turn around, he's going to go to WWF or WWE, 
Mm-hmm. Now, back in the day, you would say he's going to get pushed. Now, <laughs> now you don't know. Gonna, he's going to show up in a leather gimp mask. Yeah. But that's besides the point. <laughs> the point is, is that is that AEW had another chance here tonight to push some of their younger talent and to start building up guys. And instead, they're like, nah, Chris Jericho needs to win. How many more of these top ex WWE guys can Darby Allen lose to before we just stop caring about Darby Allen? Darby Allen is one and eight against ex WWE guys. And he is undefeated against anybody that has never been in WWE, by the way. And that, and that one was Cody, who he lost yes. to twice previously. Yes. Right, but victory. he did beat him for the title on pay per view. After losing right. to After him losing twice. twice. <laughs> I understand, yeah. but we're talking he, about... Do you think more people watch the TV show or the pay-per-view? Okay, so that by that logic, then MJF lost to Jericho isn't as bad because he beat him three times. Do you know except, what I mean? Except he beat him in a way that didn't make MJF look strong at all. John? I've held as long as I can. I have to take a massive piss. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Oh. Have fun. <clears throat> No, well, I think MJF. <laughs> I, I think MJF absolutely should have won this match, and uh, like you said, this match should have never happened. So, and and Troy, to your point, they keep pushing guys that say that they're. I'm sorry, I'll be right anymore. back. I gotta go hold it for Adam. <laughs> All <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, Troy, to your point, they you know they keep pushing guys who say that they're gonna be done. Like Jericho is either done this year or done next year. He's not. He doesn't have anything left. Yep. So why, bucks, why have him win here? Yeah, the Bucks say they have about two years left, and they're done. I wouldn't be surprised. No, no, it's not. A, I wouldn't be surprised. It's they've literally said they're not going to wrestle after they're forty. Yeah, I'm sure Ric Flair probably said the same thing. And <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Omega continues to talk about how beat the fuck up he is and stuff like that. It's just, it just, but even even if they don't mean it, it's still they're still putting it out there as like, oh well, we're going to retire soon. And it's like I don't know if that's what you want because. You know, either they actually do retire, and in three years' time, you're literally left with a bunch of people that kept losing this entire time. MJF, and, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. Yeah, that'll that's not going to put asses in the seats, right? Because you they because I, we've now I, seen them. We've seen them now like what three times now have somebody that they had really fired up that they could have put the belt on, and they they squandered it like Jungle Boy. Orange Cassidy and uh, um, Adam Page. Now that being said, don't forget MJF. MJF too. MJF yeah. too. Yeah. That being said, this is a new company. They are going to make mistakes, and I'm not making excuses for it. It's I'm three just years, saying, man. No, no, no. no you know, I'm just saying. The problem is they're not anymore. making new mistakes. They're we still the have mistakes. The other company that did yeah. this made right, and we still have WWE doing the same mistakes sometimes that they have done for the past ten years. So it's not. That they can't recover from this. It's Do you that... ever pull a muscle making these stretches? See, Are you telling you... me that AEW's dead because they don't push young guys? No, that's me. No. Where did I say that at all? Okay, okay so, all right, so you're on. jumping ahead saying stop, that... Stop, that, uh, stop, stop. Can stop, I finish stop, my point? Stop. No, you can't because you're being dramatic. 
I'm not being dramatic. You just said AEW's dead. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking. We're just talking about the like, booking. It's like you can't come back from this because they're pushing oh, older when guys. Would anyone oh, say that? That's why I'm stopping you because you're you're taking it in such a dramatic direction, dude. We're just talking about the booking. We're not saying that this company's dead. We're not saying they can't come back for it. We're saying currently that they're making mistakes well, I that, said that they shouldn't the be making. Same thing I said when I spoke yeah. that you originally agreed with, which is. They clearly have made the decision which direction they're going in. That's fine. They're allowed to make that decision and to choose to go in that direction. I even understand to a degree why they would do that. Okay. But you're creating a lot of um, uh, collateral damage along the way in terms of these young talents that you supposedly wanted to build the future of your company around. Yeah. And what, what we're saying is that eventually those contracts run out. And if you've got a guy who's been there since the beginning, who's sitting there and go like Jungle Boy being like, I, they, they're not really pushing me. They're not putting tag belts on me. They didn't put any of the singles belts on me. He might turn around and be like, hey, you know, I'm going gonna to leave and go to WWE, you know? And and that's kind of the issue is that they've got some of these guys and there might be, be a, a chance that you get a, ra- a Radicals type Exodus from AEW because they might turn around and be like, I just keep getting pushed down. That's what happened with TNA. TNA relied so heavily on their ex WWE guys and uh, guys that all of their normal guys wound up fucking leaving. You know <laughs> what's funny though? Stuck- TNA originally WWE wouldn't hire them for the longest time. You never saw a TNA guy got got get brought into WWE and, and get pushed. It was like Monty Brown, and he got his career was done quickly. And then Monty Monty Brown retired because he wanted to go be with his family. Yeah, and then Crit Wildcat Chris Harris was the only other guy they signed from TNA. And knock knock, yeah. Hey. Until until 2016 when they signed AJ Styles, yeah. but we're talking about ten fucking years that TNA existed. Uh, they signed Christian Cage back. Yeah. Back, he was original WWE guy. That's not. Taking a TNA guy and and plucking him from, you know, the company that's going after all the old famous wrestlers like Hogan and shit. You know what I mean? Or Booker T or Kevin Nash. I I, I like I, I I don't mean and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna take the high road here and sort of end the fight, but the. Problem with having these debates, Sal, is that we have a con, and then you completely change it to another line of discussion. Like, I don't understand where WWE's hiring practices of TNA stars have anything to do with anything Troy or I said. Because you said that down the road, Jungle Boy, right. Hangman, all these so people could leave and go to WWE. Because they did something 15 years ago doesn't mean they're going to do it now. Okay. Their hiring practices are clearly different now than clearly, clearly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've we've already seen it that WWE is more than willing to sign AEW talents because they brought in Cora Jade, they brought in Nathan Frazier. So now you're looking at a company that's very willing ben and Carter. open to. What's that? Ben oh yeah, Ben Carter. Now he's Nathan Frazier. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Cora Jade was Elena Black. Now she's Cora Jade. Cora looked very. Oh, yeah. uh, Sal looked very confused when he said that. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I knew so, who he was talking about. It's just that they spent like what two matches on Dark in AEW. I would have considered it, it, them it, like it, Kenny Omega no, or Hangman Page. We're moving goalposts now here, dude. Yeah. Like, 
No, no, no. They, they, you're they you're, you're kind of spinning it a little bit. Like, oh, Cora Jade signed with WWE. Dude, she wasn't really signed to AEW. She had two matches on Dark. Match number seven. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not dealing with this tonight, dude. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> we get a video from Darby Allen. He's in a helicopter that's dangling a body bag. Weird. Um, there's, there's a. Never mind. He drops out of the helicopter. But we give don't me some that. of them chips, ahoy. No, they're mine. Give me no one. Give me one. No. <laughs> uh, Darby's skateboard has half Darby. Are we Darby, playing Limp half... after this? Or? Yeah. <laughs> half Darby, half Punk on the bottom. It looks badass. Um, Your icky kiki has long, uh, half Darby Allen face on it? Huh? What? Your icky cookie. Is it Your icky cookie? I was heard icky Skate, cookie. Skateboard. <laughs> it's icky cookie because it rhymes. Um, it is finally clobbering time. Punk says the thing. Henders in a zip-up hoodie and long tights. Sick of shaving? Sick of shaving, probably? That's my guess. Probably. Uh, Darby has gone full tree. Yeah. Just curious, mm-hmm. do you love it when CM Punk does the thing in the way you love it when Big E does the thing? What? The, cl- the clobbering time? Yeah. <laughs> I do love when we get to see Big E do the thing. Okay, That's what I'm you saying. Know, you know this. I know, I know. And then you just said, you know, CM Punk does the thing. So mm-hmm. I'm curious if you like seeing CM Punk do the thing as much as you hey, like to watch Big well, E do the Well, the, la- the last few weeks, you know, CM Punk has been edging us with the thing. It's true. Given just a little bit of a... Tickle in the sack, yeah. I personally. Sorry, I had to turn my head and cough. Um, I personally hate. What that happens when you tickle the sack sometimes? <laughs> yeah. I, I hate the it's clobbering time thing. Yeah. Back when he first did it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't a thing, True. so it was like, oh, it's kind of you know, it's it's not something that maybe everybody knows because it's it's a comic book thing. Now it's like. Everybody knows it's clobbering time. Yeah, but to be fair, he did it before it was cool. Yeah, but it was sort of he, his thing before it was a cool thing. Like back yeah, when it was sort of frowned he, upon in nerd culture and Yeah, but he could retire that for something different. I I sort of was looking forward to seeing him do it for the first time. As fair much enough. As listen, and, and, I'm, and, and you're going to hear me say some things you probably wouldn't expect me to say in this scenario. That said, my issues on this network have never been with CM Punk as a performer. Mm-hmm. I've only taken issue with CM Punk as a person, Phil Brooks, mm-hmm. and his actions and comments. But yeah, well, the I, the other thing though is that he did a Twitter poll about what kind of kind of gear he should use, and resoundingly, Trunks won instead of pants, and he still wore pants. So, yeah. but he wore he wore pants as a Bret Hart tribute. But that's but he did a Twitter poll, and that didn't win. Okay, so, so maybe going pants. forward, he wears Trunks. Here's my first note here. Darby with an arm drag out of the lockup, and Punk gives the old Bret Hart head nod. Uh, that was the only tribute that I noticed. There were a bunch well, of... Well, the, the arm drag itself video. was the one, two, three kid, Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but then but, the, uh, the, Punk the head also, nod. Punk also went... Right, yeah, yeah, but that whole sequence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but apparently there was more. There was. There was a, a video on Instagram uh, that I didn't write down the name of the account, so I don't remember what it is, but... Um, yeah, fuck them. A, a bunch of stuff. Which, which, uh, which, on one hand, is cool. On the other hand, it's like you continue to tell me you're the fresh new thing, and you're continuing to steal shit from other people. He's always, admittedly, has been a fan of Bret Hart. I think it was more paying tribute. Oh, but, do we need to go through this match very quickly? Because I do not no, have the energy to do this for real. 
I mean, come Look, on. This is not the greatest match in the world. This is just a tribute. Um, Punk hurls Darby. Darby goes between the ropes, crashes off the ring post, and hits the floor, but not with his shoulder, as usual, with his fucking spine. That was uh, gross. Uh, we get some nice competing chants. Punk takes the stun dog like a cutter. Whoopsie. Uh, Punk gets a GTS. Darby rolls to the floor. Two matches in a row. We get the dive in at nine. That was fun. Uh, Punk, I, I did enjoy Darby going for the coffin drop and Punk just sitting up like The Undertaker. <laughs> uh, the GTS and then to the floor was from the Cena match when uh, they were at Money in the Bank in 2011 because he did that, he knocked him out of the ring, and then Vince and Johnny A showed up at the on the apron. Okay. Uh, Darby counters the GTS into the Last Supper. That's a two count. Uh, is that the first time someone's kicked out of the Last Supper? I think so. I like it was. Uh, Punk then kicks Darby's face completely off with what Excalibur calls a leg lariat. We get a GTS in the middle of the ring, and that's your three count. Uh, Sting comes back out. He shakes hands with Punk. They help Darby get to his feet. <laughs> I, I, I don't, somebody reposted uh, screenshots of AJ Lee's Instagram story. <laughs> and at that point, when Punk was helping Darby up, she, she posted a picture of it on her Mac screen and wrote, Now kiss. Um, uh, and then Punk shakes Darby's hand, Darby's hand and uh, that's uh, that's all she wrote for that. Everybody in the prediction poll picks CM Punk for that, so <gasps> good job. Um, we get a uh, commercial for Full Gear, which is now on November 13th, uh, not November 6th. Uh, Weird. Wonder what happens. We'll get to in a little bit. Um, yeah. Without, uh, w- without fighting, any thoughts on this match? It was fine. Move on. No, no, no. What did you think, I, Troy? I, I yield my comments to Sal. No, Troy, you've been a big critic of, of CM Punk. What did you think of this match? It was fine. That's it? Yeah. It, uh, like Whatever it's... we say, you're going to take offense yeah. with. Or yeah. No, I'm it's not. I want your real opinions. All right, I don't want to be well, you the deterrent. Don't. You, want, you don't want our real opinions. No, I do. I want your real, your, fucking real opinions. opinions. You go, well, back in 1975, Tony Garea <laughs> did, like, it go on to a completely different topic. <sighs> His name sounds like Give diarrhea. your real opinion. That's why you're on the show. Okay. All right. It is my opinion. So if you disagree with it, you disagree with it. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Go for it. I thought the match was just fine. I didn't think it was the greatest match ever, like some people think. I didn't think it was a disappointment. I uh, I didn't. I am have gone on record as saying I'm not the biggest fan of Darby Allen because I think that he is going to do all of this fucking damage to his body, and people are going to forget him in two years once he's retired. So to me, it doesn't seem worth it. But hey, that's that's his life. I don't care about sting anymore they have they have taken away any heat that guy ever had in my opinion and they have completely made it so when he shows up i'm bored and punk why does he wear tights to everything that's a good <laughs> question that's a good question um so you know the the match was for a guy who's been away for seven years it doesn't seem like he has lost too much of a step but again he wasn't like a fantastical in-ring technician or thing of that. So it was, to me, was it a memorable match? Eh, maybe for the crowd reactions, but in terms of, of an actual match in the ring, it was just okay, dog. I, I, if, if I'm going to melt it, I'm going to say three and a half stars. <laughs> now, Jason, do you want me to go or do you want to go? Oh, no, you go. 
Okay. <laughs> it's going to rock you. I agree mostly with Troy. I thought the match was all right. I thought you could tell when Punk was getting winded because he went to rest holds a lot. Um, some of the spots were nice. Darby at this point really reminds me of, of, of what Jeff Hardy was to us back in like the early 2000s where we wondered every pay-per-view if he was trying to kill himself. Um, but the, th- the thing about Jeff Hardy is he'll be the first one to tell you that he's in pain every fucking day of his life. So uh, I don't think that's the road Darby should go down, but who the fuck am I to tell him how to live his life? If he dies who in knows? the ring, he dies in the ring. He dies. He dies. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know his. I know his hands say drug free, but you never know. someday he might be found. Darby Allen might be found with a coffee can full of hydrocodone. <laughs> um, you know, obviously the crowd was there for this match, but uh, look to this point, I think AEW's handled Punk's return correctly. Like Jason said a couple weeks ago, they put him in a position in Chicago. Uh, where he was going to get the biggest reaction, and yeah, it was fine. It worked. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, anything that I'm going to, like, really remember. But let's see now what he does, now that this first match is over. Here's what I'll say. To, J- to Jason's point that he made a couple of minutes ago, uh, as I've said many, many times on this network over the past ten years, uh, uh, I... I Love John Cena the person. I hate John Cena the character. Uh, I there are things that Phil Brooks has done in the last seven years where I'm like, Neh. but I enjoy watching CM Punk wrestle. I have uh, I had entire time in WWE, and and I enjoyed it here tonight. Like, uh, and I'll agree with you guys. This is not this was not, you know, blow the doors off, fucking greatest match you'll ever see in the world, but. For for a first match back after seven years, it was it was impressive. I I enjoyed it. Match number eight. Oh. Wait, this we're, is we're not this... gonna hear what Jason thought of it. Oh, sir. I'm just gonna agree with Sal. I don't want to fight anymore. No, just come on, dude. I really wanted to hear your opinion on this match for real. I honestly. I feel like I enjoyed it more than you guys did, which is fine. Like, listen, I, I part of what I like about wrestling is the atmosphere, is the ambiance, is the the shared experience you get with other people. And this felt like a cool thing to be a part of a community of. Like, hey, this is a cool moment in the history of the business. Listen, I don't like the way he left. I don't like what he did while he was gone. I don't like the things he said while he was gone. I like I like him as, as a performer. I think my biggest issue with him as a performer has always been the overflated best-in-the-world shit, which I think he bought into, and he's not that. He's never been that. He never will be that. But he's a good in-ring performer, and I enjoy when he's in-ring performing. Um... This was good. Him and Darby were very, very good dance partners together. Um, to Adam's point, I, the same uh, picture of Sting picking up Darby I saw on Twitter that I enjoyed was somebody saying, we'll talk about this when we get home. Which <laughs> <I'm not laughs> um, but all things considered, I mean, I, you know, three and a half spare. I'd, I'd go four just because I think the um, 
like I said, the the atmosphere surrounding it adds to it, and there is something to that. There is a match, you know, and people joke about, you know, six stars in the Tokyo Dome or whatever, but if the crowd that you're watching is super into something, it increases your enjoyment of that thing mm-hmm. by an exponent. You know what I mean? Um, and that was what this was. It was a good match that made was made to feel more important. And the example I always go back to is, Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania was not a great match. You watch yeah. that with the mute button on, you're like, mm-hmm. but, but there, there that, are people. You turn that sound up and you listen to that audience and everything they were giving to those performers and what those performers were giving right back, and it makes that match a special moment. That's what this was. Yeah. To that point, there are people in the business that will tell you Hogan Rock is one of their favorite matches. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's very basic. But that crowd makes the difference. Um, Dude, that match is so basic, it gets fucking pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> uh, it's a choice point. I just, I don't even react when Sting's on screen anymore. Yeah. It's become so... He doesn't do anything. No. Yeah, he doesn't do, he doesn't do shit. And, he hasn't and, like, done anything it, in months. Sting, Sting yeah. is an iconic figure in the history of wrestling. It's sort of like if the rock were to start just being a regular manager every week for somebody. Yeah. The, the, it the would just be like, Oh, okay. Like yeah. it didn't even work with Ric Flair after a while. It was like, you, you just got to the point where you expected him to do something and, and it just took away from the performer. He was supposed to be seconding. Yeah. yeah. The minute he came out on hey, Dark Darby, it was like, yeah, we're, we're done here. <laughs> Sting will stand there and look imposing and at, at, at Matt Lee. Is he imposing at this point? And, He's and tall. See, here's the other. Here's the other problem. Sting, Sting will attack Cesar Bononi during the match. <laughs> and here's the other problem: is that Crow Sting isn't much of a talker. No, so you've not. got a guy who's not much of a talker there to be the heater for a guy who doesn't talk. <laughs> so, where's the money? So that that great saying that Dusty used to always say is maybe where's the money. I don't see where the money is here. Sting's not going to talk people into Darby Allen's match. Darby's sure not going to talk people into Darby's matches. And that's where Darby's going to fall short. Here, Punk was able to talk him in. Punk has that draw. At least he does this for the first time in seven years. All right. Match number eight. Your piss break of the evening. Yeah. Too early. I apologize. Uh, Paul like, literally, is... like the entire audience. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about this whole thing, is that image on Twitter of everybody going to take a piss. Paul White versus QT Marshall. Now remember, QT Marshall was bitching at people on Twitter, saying, well, why wouldn't we put him on pay-per-view? That was not what we were bitching about, QT. Well, that's uh, one of the things I was bitching about. <laughs> uh, Paul slaps the shit out Younger of QT's talent getting an opportunity. <laughs> Paul what slaps are you talking about? QT's only, only 18 years old. Right. <laughs> Paul slaps the shit out of QT. Are we, are, we, has, has that, are we past that? I feel you, Adam. Paul slaps the shit out of QT's chest. The first two times, JR makes two. Different jokes about it clearing your lungs of any phlegm. Fucking like he didn't get hurt the first time, or he didn't get the reaction he wanted. 
I, I mean, clearly you didn't hear my joke the first time. I <laughs> can't. <laughs> <laughs> KT says, what in the Montel Vontavious Porter was show wearing for this match? <laughs> During his last WWE run, wasn't he? Yeah, it was close, yeah. Uh, JR, JR calls Paul White big show right before he choke slams QT for the finish. Of course it is. That one's a little bit more excusable. <laughs> yeah, that that one I understand, because, yeah, these literally called him that for fucking 20 years. Ruby, Ruby Riot is just like, for a guy who claims he wasn't watching the program, he sure was watching the program. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody except me picked QT Marshall, because I am stupid. What the f- um, <laughs> He wrote the show. So? Well, you, that, that first off, you said that wrong because stupid. you said everybody except you picked QT oh, Marshall. Yeah. Right. I'm, I picked QT Marshall because I'm dumb. Second, uh, Adam, Adam actually said he was picking QT because he thought this was going to be a feud. I don't think I said that. No, he didn't. Say no, I said because QT did. writes the show, he's going to do something stupid. Yeah. Um, uh, Moxley then challenges Minoru Suzuki. Well, he's undefeated. <laughs> Look, man, I I I grew up watching the Giants and then Paul White, and yeah, like the guy the guy has earned himself a good swan song. The big nasty bastard. Yeah, he he he's earned himself a big pop in front of a crowd again, and WWE did apparently some. Pretty bad damage to him, because <laughs> even now, there people are like, "Yeah, I'm good." Sucks is that the thing that sucks is that he got into fucking tremendous shape. He got but hurt. He again. also made him a very fucking rich man. Oh, they yeah. did for sure. Like, but I'm—I mean, I'm talking more, you know, towards the end of things. You know, the, 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 the multiple turns. Yeah, the multiple turns and stuff like that. Look, like I—I I would have been fine with him going out there and having a retirement match against anyone but QT Marshall. <laughs> That's that was my issue there. It wasn't it wasn't even that Paul White was on the show because, like I said, the guy has earned his right to get like his swan song or something like that. My problem was that QT Marshall was on the show. <laughs> well, first off, so when is he gonna wrestle as Captain Insano? Yeah. Um, no, my problem was in fact that Paul White was on the show because the guy has wrestled zero matches in AEW and took a pay-per-view match away from somebody else who sure. used a pay-per-view match, which is exactly what we say about WWE guys like Brock Lesnar mm. and John Cena when they come back. Um, the bigger thing here... Except for those guys draw money. Well, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't hate the big show, but... I, and that's the thing. Like, I don't hate the big show. I just have no interest in them. Yeah. But here's the biggest dumb fuck of this entire thing was they made a point to do this whole fucking Billy Gunn thing, and then he wasn't involved <laughs> he in the wasn't match there. at all. He wasn't yep. even there. Uh, so what the fuck was the just, point? Do you know? To me, Paul White was was at his best either when he was the very beginning when he was the giant and nobody could could beat him in WCW or when he was like the angry fucking assassin in WWE when he was ECW champion and he every match ended in a bloody fucking mess other than I that, say that I just say I apologize Adam I didn't mean to have us go down memory road with Paul fucking White <laughs> no but, but that's the thing is I don't what is like he's does the exact same thing he's been doing for ten years and it's just not I don't, know, I don't care anymore it's just 
And it gets QT Marshall to double down is even worse. Mm-hmm. I would rather I, I, I would rather have eaten a double down than watch that match. I, I, I just want to say I think Jason's right about everything he said. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Look, even Tony Khan's impressed. This week on Dynamite. This week on Dynamite. If you're gonna fight this on Dynamite. Uh, boxing six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. Dance <laughs> 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 around like a maniac. Um, crying in Chicago. Oxley challenges Minoru Suzuki to a fight in Cincinnati on Wednesday. Then Malachi Black talks to Dustin Rhodes, uh, and then it's your main event. Main event match number Wait, nine. Malachi Black's in the main event. <laughs> uh, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega. Black? World Championship. Uh, yeah. Kenny has Christian down on the floor, pulls a table out from beneath the ring, lays the table atop Christian with the legs up, then double stomps the table. Good God. Uh, after How that, Tony Khan would it be to invite the entire Detroit Lions football team so you could throw Christian to the Lions? <laughs> Are you not entertained? <clears throat> uh, after that spot, Kenny and Callis set up another table. Uh, Kenny gets speared through it about seven minutes later. Uh, ref is a moron spot of the night. Christian locks Kenny in a cloverleaf, and Callis wildly starts waving. Down come Gallows and Anderson. Christian strikes Anderson, then avoids a V-trigger, so Kenny hits Gallows. All the while, Paul Turner chats casually with Don Callis. Uh, your finish comes when a top rope kill switch is turned into a top rope angel for the three count. This match was... It had its issues, obviously. And it was there was no build to it whatsoever. Thank you for that, mm-hmm. chat, Troy. <laughs> uh, there was uh, not a lot here, though. It was decent, but... That's about it. Yeah, again, just to... I'm all for, you know, he can do what he wants with his career, and if he if he's happy, good for him. But man, I just I just watch Christian now, and I'm just like, I'm just sad. I'm like, what could have been if you if you would have worked things out with WWE and and signed with them, and instead you're the afterthought of the main event of what comes next. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I look. What could have been if WWE resigned a lot of guys, right? We'll get to that in a few minutes. But um, you know, I, I, I thought Christian obviously worked his ass off, but the whole shit with Callus is dumb. Callus, again, I don't understand why we have referees in this company. They don't actually do anything or see anything. So. Uh, Callis is, as Adam said, casually talking to Paul Turner, and meanwhile, there's a mugging going on right next to him. He's like, excuse me, excuse me, I'm trying to talk to John Callis here. It's just, eh. the 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 fucking angel off the second rope was cool, but I thought their match on uh, Rampage was better than this. It was certainly shorter. Yeah. What this ring at now? Like twenty three minutes or something? Uh, the table spots were egregious too. Like we we teased a, a German suplex to the table, and then we teased a, a dragon, a snapdragon suplex to the table, and then it just ended up being a spear. 
Though we took about 15 minutes to get there. <laughs> and we all knew, everybody knew. To that point, how many people picked Kenny to win? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of us picked Kenny to win because we knew what was coming next. That was the problem. Like, not only not only does it look ridiculous that Christian beat him for the Impact title, mm-hmm. but also it's just like, you know, we all know that people are coming and they're not going to have Christian as the top champion. It's just not going to be a thing. So it was like, it was like when Bob Holly oh, challenged fucking Brock Lesnar for the championship. Wait, You're people, like, you know he ain't winning that shit. With, with, <laughs> with, with what, what people are coming. I was going to say, with what we're about to talk about, the people were definitely coming. Yeah. Don Callis was too when he was making sure that people would sleep with him so they could get contract extensions. Just saying. Still employed. Jason, you have any thoughts on the match before we get to the aftermath? I like or the Don, match. Or Don Callis? <laughs> I, I like the match. I always like Christian matches. I thought this was fine. I think they were probably a victim of the fact that they, again, and this is all the time, I said at the time, why the fuck have these guys in a match before the pay-per-view? Why? Why do that? Put the Impact title on, like, (sighs) they thought making Christian pin him would get people maybe believe that he could lose it to the pay-per-view. You took away all the shine of that big, long victory streak that Kenny Omega had to serve the end of trying to convince people of an outcome that nobody was ever going to believe anyway. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, I would have, I would have believed in Christian's shot to win this more. If he didn't, if he hadn't already beaten Omega. Sure. Sure. And by the way, I'm so refreshed to be watching an AEW product that doesn't believe in 50, 50 booking. (laughs) Yeah. This is like the, this is like if you had that that Sting Hogan build, but you had them fight in an episode of Thunder, <laughs> like a month before the pay per view. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's a, almost uh, like if you had Oscar and Charlotte set for a big match at WrestleMania and instead had them wrestle in a mixed match challenge first on <laughs> Facebook Live. Yeah. To be fair, though, I forgot about. That. To be fair, though, AEW definitely has a history of. They're, of the people that win their championship belts only get it getting heated up like three weeks before their, their title match. So yeah. it it would be, uh, you know, because the so, Lucha, Lucha Bros definitely weren't fucking heated up until two weeks ago, yeah. and all of a sudden they're the champions. And so that's the point. I, I think look, I liked this show for the most part. I really actually did. I thought it was well done. But... I just am left looking at the card and going, what could have been? You know, mm-hmm. we could have had the big moment where Silver and Reynolds win the tag team titles and Hangman wins the heavyweight title. And you could have, like, there's so many better things that could have happened. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't. Yeah. Sure. It feels like the, the, the less thing it could have been pay per view. And it was good. Imagine if it was what it could have been. Well, you'll get no argument from me, man. Not on this one. I was very, very upset when Hangman and Silver and Reynolds were removed from the title picture. I was just like, what, why? We're like three weeks away from all well, Are you still waiting to see if they'll actually adjust it? No, i give given up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's it sucks because I really wanted this to be Hangman's m- moment. And I said that in the beginning. If you weren't going to do it, then don't start it. 
And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like I, Hangman's wife didn't just get pregnant and yeah, all right. of a sudden about to have the baby. Like, they knew this was coming, <laughs> so, yeah. so to speak. Uh, so there was no reason to not... There was no reason to even start the program if you weren't yeah. going to deliver on it. Exactly. Or and, and, have and, it happen and, and in terms of, lose it. And, and in terms of the collateral damage of that, you now have put yourself into a corner where you've broken up the best thing on your product in the Dark Order. Also because of a, of a pregnancy. Because uh, Reynolds, his wife, is pregnant. That's why he's he's gone. That's why they're doing this whole turmoil thing with him. Oh, Leave is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and and so, yeah, but, that's, but, that's, it's, but it's WWE who fires people for getting pregnant, right? No. <laughs> um, that's the thing too. Like Troy said with the Bucks and the Lucha, I hey, love the Lucha. Fire Bucks. anybody? I love the Lucha Bros, but they weren't the red hot tag team going into this pay per view. Jurassic <laughs> Express were. They weren't even. I was gonna. Yeah, they weren't even the red hot tag team after the whole young, the whole Hangman Page Dark Order thing. Right. Yeah, who was in the main event? Could have been the tag team champions. Not, yeah, not in the main event, the actual after effects of the main event. Right. I go back to that five-on-five five match, and I look at that, and I think, like, you could have had the biggest reaction you've ever had mm-hmm. outside of CM Punk without even having to use the surprises you had and save them for a later thing. Mike Smash! But instead, because you went to a, a match that had no real heat and no you know ability to suspend your disbelief as to who was no, going to win Jason you, you had understand. to have Don Callis screwed Christian Cage like 30 fucking years ago <laughs> <laughs> I've heard there's some sort of phrase about Don Callis at one point he's some a sexual about, predator some about him being a carny I don't know some somewhere else uh, but yeah I just <laughs> I just feel like you, you left a lot on the table on this pay-per-view that you didn't have to. What do you think, Tony? He doesn't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Six weeks! Uh, all right. So, all right, after the match, <laughs> the Bucks wander out to congratulate Kenny. The Good Brothers have recovered, uh, and they uh, beat up Christian some more. Uh, Jurassic Express t- try to make the save, but it's still five on two, so the crowd yes chants, and Kenny takes the mic. Kenny <laughs> says... Kenny says no one is on his level. When it comes to the AEW title, the only people that would ever have a chance to beat him are either not here, retired, or dead. And then the lights go out. So did Kenny just sure. admit that Roman Reigns can beat him? Yes. <laughs> yes. Or uh, anyone else in the WWE roster. And possibly time. Glashley. Yeah, there you go. Turns out. Hmm? Oh, I was just going to say when he said, uh, uh, or oh, they were dead and the lights went on, I thought, oh, here comes the ultimate warrior back from the dead. I thought you were going to say Undertaker. <laughs> Close. Uh, turns out, God damn you, turns out that last word was very much on purpose. Is when the lights come back on, it's the Undertaker. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's Adam Cole, baby. Um, Adam enters the ring. He does the thing. Huge uh, fucking he, pot, too. Yeah. He got a very good reaction in Chicago. He and Kenny get in each other's faces. And then, he super, Cole, baby. and then he super kicks Jungle Boy. Uh, Cole hugs the Bucks. They share a kiss. Kenny Cole's future main eventer. Yes. Uh, uh, then hands the mic over. Cole says it's story time because this is TikTok apparently. Uh, no, it's official. He said, "Who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby?" Which is an old gimmick he used in Ring of Honor. 
Uh, it's official. The Elite is the most dominant faction in the history of professional wrestling. There is no chance in hell anyone's going to stop them. Kenny says that's what he calls a happy ending. <laughs> uh, Kenny does his thing until the Valkyries start playing, because wouldn't you know it, Brian Danielson is here as well. well. So the Valkyries started playing and then decided they wanted to drop that ass. Because yeah. <laughs> you got to make sure you know exactly who it is from the first two seconds of the song. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I got goosebumps again. And uh, Brian Danielson came out. Uh, Brian hits the ring, stands beside Christian, Kenny ditches, and Brian, Christian, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus take out the Elite. Uh, faces in the ring, Elite on the ramp, everyone's yelling, and that is how we go off the air. Right, do you want my rant now, or do you want my rant later? Oh my god, it's already like almost <laughs> no, one o'clock here time. Sure is. Later as in, when is, when is later is the question? After, after everybody else goes. No, 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 you go first. No, go ahead. Okay. All we've got left is the news. So. I don't want to fall into the trap of like overstating things or hyperbole, etc. Um, I feel like this was the moment when AEW became the place I want to watch wrestling. Um, in this moment, at the end of this show, it crystallized for me that I simply enjoy more of the performers and how they perform on this brand than I do on the other. And those who are put in the positions and given the opportunity to perform in a way that I find more entertaining. Um, do I like Matt Riddle? Yes. Do I want to see Matt Riddle in a tag team title match against Bobby Lashley and MVP? instead of Matt Riddle going one-on-one -on -one with Bobby Lashley? No. Do I want to see Damian Priest start a program with Bobby Lashley and then go right back to a rematch with Sheamus? No. I'd rather watch Daniel Bryan wrestle Kenny Omega. I would rather watch uh, Adam Cole take on Jungle Boy. Honestly, I would rather watch Adam Cole take on Adam Page because they have history together that I'm sure they'll tap into. And... That's the other thing that I do enjoy with AEW is that they do tap into that history, even if it didn't occur under their banner. They don't shy away from it the way WWE does. Um, this was, and I know, it, I hate the, the comparisons to the NWO, because this, this wasn't that. But this was, without a doubt, a paradigm shift, no pun intended, in the history of the wrestling business. And when you layer this on top of the other names that you hear rumored and kicking around and you think of those names and you go, I can totally understand why they would want to do this. And you listen to guys in and, and listen, we give the stands uh, shit all the time and rightfully so in most can. But when you hear these guys in their post post show press conferences talking about how the positive attitude and the, the just sheer fandom is appealing to them and it's a selling point for the company and then you realize that WWE doesn't care about creating that relationship with their fans anymore they, they're 
equally as happy to have their fans be pissed off at something they do as they are enjoy something they do. And I said a few weeks ago when CM Punk came back, at least I said it in the host, I never actually did the rant on the show. Um, but I said at the time, it occurred to me, I've spent way too long following a product that makes it hard for me to be a fan. And this show, this product, this company just does things to make the fans happy and give the fans what they want. And I can sit here and I can overanalyze that I don't think Orange Cassidy should be headlining a pay-per-view. But at the end of the day, their fans love Orange Cassidy and their fans love it. You've, You've got to give the people what they want. Yes, but there's nothing wrong with that. And we've, and wrestling as a whole has lost sight of that for so long because they've followed under the banner that WWE has created in that formula. And I mean, you've seen it, Adam. How many companies do you see? Nobody was PG. WWE went PG. All of a sudden, everybody's got to be PG. Like, it, it, that, that sort of trend that everybody feels the need to follow. AEW said, fuck that. Like, we're not going to, I don't give a shit that it's Britt Baker's hometown. We're not going to have her lose because it's her hometown. We're going to fucking get the huge (laughs) pop. We're going to send those fans home happy. We're going to make those fans want to come the next time we're in town because they enjoyed the experience. Novel fucking concept, but one (laughs) that AEW strives for that WWE doesn't give a shit about. And this night was a great fucking example of that. And... You know, I this was the night where I really said I might be watching the wrong product. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean I won't be critical when I think it needs to be. But for me, in terms of my entertainment value, they surpassed WWE on that night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this... I don't remember who it was that I, if I read it somewhere, if somebody said the host or whatnot, but this, this was booked basically like, uh, this is their, all out has basically become their WrestleMania. Uh, and this was, and I don't know if it was because this is their first pay per view really back in front of a crowd. Yeah, full, full gear or double or nothing had a full Daly's place, but they'd been in Daly's place for 18 months at that point. You know, now we're in the, we're in the now arena, we're in Chicago or somewhere else. And so they threw everything at the wall here. And we got the return of CM Punk. We got Daniel Bryan. We got Adam Cole. We got uh, uh, Tajima and, and Minoru Suzuki. And we got all that stuff. But Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho, yeah. But it all worked. Yeah, we had Paul White versus QT. But that was your fucking piss match. Uh, but as a whole, this pay-per-view just fucking worked so well and knocked everything out of the park and and i feel again I, i'm not going to be one of those who's like oh my god it's a 10.0 it's the greatest paper but it was it was a really fucking good pay-per-view if i if i had uh okay we'll throw it out there if i had spent 50 dollars on this i would not have been disappointed so i was Despite the rumors, legit shocked that we got Cole and Daniel Bryan because Jesus Christ! I mean, Adam Cole has been one of uh, not only my favorite but probably uh, one of the best wrestlers I've watched in the past four years. I go back to his series of matches with Johnny or or 
you know, even the couple he had with Finn Balor, like I, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching Adam Cole wrestle on NXT. And the problem in the WWE, and it's been like this for a long time, is they have an idea of where you're going to be on their card. And that's it, especially on the main roster. You are either going to be, you know, mid-card babyface, maybe you're going to be comedy, whatever. Whatever that idea is, you're slotted in that. And nothing is going to change their mind. And if you want to resign, sure, we'll pay you the same or we'll pay you a little bit more to stay around. But it, you're not main event in WrestleMania. So if that's what you want, you know, there's the door. That's what they've decided to do. You're not do. playing video games on the internet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so it, it's so weird because I'm legitimately shocked that WWE would let somebody as good as Adam Cole has been for them leave. And then, in the same breath, here's the guy that was their entire fucking year-long thing was Daniel Bryan. And everybody wanted him to come back to wrestle, and he fucking did, and it was great. And he was even, he even developed a new character. And now, well, Daniel Bryan, you're you're great, but you know we're gonna have you maybe lose here and there, and we'll usually every couple every couple months. Like good for him, he went somewhere else. He could have went to New Japan. I would have watched him over there too. Well, like I like watching Daniel Bryan wrestle, and I'm excited that he's here. It's kind of mind blowing for me that he that he switched companies. We're I mean we're living and 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 like I said I don't like the comparisons to the NWO but that is the last time you saw major top of the card WrestleMania main event caliber talent say, "Nah, I'm good, Vince. I'm going to go to this other place." That's true. So there there is sort of that parallel there. Um, I do find it a little funny and, and disingenuous for some of the AW fans to be like, oh, Adam Cole's a huge game changer when this was the guy who was at the head of the other show that couldn't beat you in the Wednesday Night Wars. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're you're touting him as the game changer, but sure. Um, but as a reference to, to what I was talking about earlier, it's <laughs> and I think Troy said this in the host too, and we've, we've had, we've all made reference to it. It's like, how fucked is your business model when you're willing to lose one of your best generational talents over fucking video games? Well, I mean, they, they, this is the problem is that, um, they don't have a legal leg to stand on in terms of this. So that's why they, they released Selena Vega when she started to, to try to challenge it because it was better to make the problem go away that way that admit that they've got no fucking leg to stand on, you know? So that's been the big thing. It's like, oh, we're putting out this Twitch ban. It's like, well, you don't have any legal right to do that because your contracts are worded in a certain way, you know? And so now well, I'm now sure they have they're... signed new contracts that are worded right. in a way that they can. Yeah. And, you know, the, the way I keep thinking of this is just like, just tell them no. What are they going to do to you? Which Adam Cole is the first one basically yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just tell them no. When 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 they when they pull Karen across the side and say, "Hey, put this helmet on," just tell them no. Right. What are they gonna do? Fire you? <laughs> you know, well, you got yeah, plenty of places but... to go. Yeah, but you got plenty of places to go. And or or you, you're going to turn around and not have. To, I mean, fucking Jeff Hardy is running out there with the rest of the two twenty four seven jobbers. Like, just tell them no. Just be like, no, dog, I'm good. Yeah. 
What are they going to do? Diana Perazzo has turned herself into one of the biggest stars in, in wrestling that's not on one of those two major shows. Yeah. She's yeah, got, what are they going to do? I mean, you know, there are places where you can go and still become a gigantic star that are yeah. not WWE or even not, or not AEW. It's right. a great time to be a wrestler. So, yeah, to Troy's point, if you disagree with something you do, tell them fucking no. Yeah. That's what that's what you used to be able to do back in the day. Is that if 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 Vince came up to you and said, "Hey, I want to do this," you'd just be like, "No, dude, I'm not going to do that." And then he would be like, "Okay," and he would have to come up with something else because he wasn't willing to lose you. Well, now if he's made it clear that he's willing to lose you. Then just be like, "Then get rid of me." Um, which is pretty much what, which is pretty much what FTR did. Yeah, they yeah. said, "If you're not, we don't we don't want to do this gimmick." So no. Then get rid of us, and that's so, what it did. And now they burned into the bridge. <laughs> but that's besides the point. But no, this is this is the thing though: is that Daniel Bryan said, you know, of, of his own volition, that they gave me exactly what I wanted. They they were giving me a contract where I was allowed to work other venues. I was allowed to go to New Japan and stuff like that. But I wanted. But but the problem that he felt was that Vince was going to baby him too much, with good reason. I don't want to put that aside there, but that he wanted to to stretch his you know his his abilities. He wanted to he saw there was better matchups in other places that he wouldn't be allowed to do. He wasn't going to be able to work anybody in AEW, you know. He also sees the writing on the wall. He's only got a couple yeah. of years, and he wants this is his like I don't want to spend the last couple of years of my life working mm-hmm. somebody else's style. I want to mm-hmm. finish yeah. the way I want to finish working my style. Yeah, you got the thing that that I remember the most about him is how innovative he was before he got to WWE. You know, you can still go back and watch some of his early PWG matches and stuff like that, and you're just like, this is such a different fucking person. So now he's got the opportunity to go out there, and he's already talking about the fact he's like, I'm thinking about some terrible things right. on what I'm going to do with my move set, and that's that's exciting. You know, mm-hmm. I I for one. <sighs> I, I already said it in the host thread today that like I'm I'm losing all my favorite people from WWE now because mm-hmm. you know Luke Harper was one of my favorites well he left you know now he died which obviously you know was terrible but Bray Wyatt was one of my favorite people he got he, he's gone you know fucking Daniel Bryan is gone you know Adam Cole is gone these are people that I I really enjoyed and they're fucking gone and now that now they're over in AEW so you know I either have to put aside my issues with the AEW fans. And go and enjoy the show that has a bunch of people that I really like wrestling on it, or yeah, or I need to sit there and find new new favorite wrestlers. And I'd rather just put aside all the petty bullshit that the fucking AEW stands out there do, and just avoid interacting with them and just watch and enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. So the, oh, that's the, where I'm at. Anybody that, else? Anybody else laugh when Troy's head lines up perfectly with Tony Khan's hair? <laughs> just me. Um, the other thing too is that like. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Um, the other thing is that you know I, I grew up on WWE and I've never—it's kind of like a drug. I've never really put them down, like because I've always been able to find one person that I can I can latch onto, whether it was Bray Wyatt, whether it was Dean Ambrose, whether it was AJ Styles, and recently it's been Riddle, and Riddle is great, and I love Matt Riddle. He he entertains me, but that's not the whole show. Uh, go out on a limb and say that at one point it was John Moxley, and at one point it was CM Punk. I just said Dean Ambrose, but that, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's the thing is is Riddle's not the whole show. I'm pretty bored by the other three hours that are on Raw. Uh, Roman's great, and that's fine, but 
you know, I just there's a lot to ask for to be a, if you're a WWE fan this day. Like you have, like in these days, if you're gonna be a WWE fan and like really follow the product, you gotta suffer through a lot of bullshit. Well, so here's the thing: they they want a gimmick and market that their product is now mostly directed at the younger audience, the child, the children. Um, Troy and Sal, you guys are big sports guys too. Um, do kids attach to a brand and a and a team, or do they attach to players? They attach to players, right? Hundred percent. Kids in Boston were heartbroken when Mookie Betts was traded. Yep. But WWE has basically said we don't give a shit about the players. You know, brand mm. above. You mean the, the way I only played is the Penguins in NHL '96 because of Mario Lemieux for some reason? There you go. <laughs> but that's not a that's not a way to build success. And even the way you're talking right now, Sal, it, it, it's still the approach you're looking at. It's like you're attached to the you're not attached to WWE. You're attached to characters within WWE. Yep. But they keep telling you, don't get attached to these characters. Well, if I'm not going to get attached to these characters, then I'm not going to watch the show. Look at this fucking network over the past two years. We went from full re- we went from the Raw rundown and the SmackDown rundown with full recaps yeah. to the WWE rundown with slightly less recaps to the good, the bad, and the ugly because nobody wanted to do full recaps. <laughs> the bad and the what the fuck. Sorry, good, bad, and what the fuck. And now, not even that because everybody's like, there's not even good. This is fucking awful. I Again, I watched WWE without fail. From 1996 until like last August when we moved into this house. Yeah. <laughs> I I watched WrestleMania thinking, oh well, you know, I'll pick up at WrestleMania and I'll start over. Yeah. Nope, didn't fucking happen. I watched WrestleMania. I was like, that was cool. That was fun. Watched Raw. Okay. Didn't didn't watch SummerSlam. And, and to yeah. that end, it's like. I had to take that long break this spring during baseball. And it's like, I wasn't on the network very much then. It's like, I felt genuinely happier on Mondays, not having to watch raw <laughs> and being able to like, enjoy what I was watching on a Monday night and not sit there and be angry at the fucking thing on my TV. I shouldn't, it, it, when I'm dedicating two hours plus of my life to something, it shouldn't be a chore. I should enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't enjoyed WWE in a very long time in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I sat back and I just enjoyed All Out. Yep. And it wasn't perfect, but I enjoyed what I was watching. Because it, sure. it, it, didn't, it didn't feel like a job to have to watch it. I can I can only. I hope. think Troy's looking up Sky Blue now. Yeah. <laughs> Watching oh, Sky Blue no. videos. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I was enjoying me Yim owning people racist online. Oh yeah, I saw that earlier. Always fun. So I, I think we kind of summed it up, but it, like you said, Jason, it wasn't perfect. But for me, uh, for my final thoughts on All Out, I thought it was a good show. I thought they they put on a good show and they they brought it. Obviously, with the surprises. Hundred percent. I I'm gonna go. A little bit strong, more strongly. My final summary of All Out is game changer. Fingers crossed. You can only hope at this point that that we get that this is another Hulk Hogan joins the NWO, 
and Vince and, and someone in WWE goes, Hey boss. He doesn't care this anymore. This he's, ain't working. He's, this isn't 1995 or 1996. He's got his billions from, from NBC. He gets money by the gallons at this point. He's making more money than he's ever had in his life. Why does he care? I personally, is money, I, is money I, coming yeah. gallons? Yes. <laughs> personally, like, does. I, I, I don't see, I don't see him changing it because I feel like at this point it's almost too much of a risk for him because they have made two hundred fifty dollars, hundred million dollars in the past few three months. It is, it's like, well, clearly that's it ain't broken in his but mind. They've you done know? it at the expense of alienating, you know, thirty to forty percent of their fan base. Sure. I mean, there are people who legitimately won't watch this product anymore because of their affiliation with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's what but, I was just gonna say. Fuck it, that was gonna Saudi Arabia. But it, yeah, but they're, they're making money, so that that's my issue. Is like, why would they care? They're making money. They don't care. So yeah, it's not. That, it's not. Yeah, it's not like it was in the was back in the day where it's like you had to put on a really good show in order to actually survive. Now it's like, well, now they can't die because they're too big. And every and and every country watches fucking wrestling, yeah. and every country watches WWE. So it's like. Like I said, they made two hundred fifty million dollars in three months' time. So there, there is no incentive really for him to change because, in their mind, it's not broken. That's why they're willing to get rid of people like they are because it's like, well, they, we're fine. They'll get out. They'll they'll forget about those guys and we'll, we'll give them these new guys, you know, that we've ruined as well. And at this point, they're like the cigarette companies, where where yeah. if you're an older fan and you're disenchanted with the product, they don't give a shit. They got Whatever. fucking ten million other six year olds that are lining up to buy fucking uh Roman Reigns shirts. Yeah, you know, AEW loves to fans love to remark about how WWE has a bunch of children fans, but it's like, yeah, they've got a bunch of fans that are children, and those friends are gonna grow up eventually and they're gonna keep spending money with the company. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, look at us, you know, we're the same way. We're it's it skewed we had fucking skits that were directed towards us as kids, and we're still here. You know, thirty years later, we're still here. So, but anyways, a fucking Ziploc bag full of WWF pogs. Nice, <laughs> fat ass white girls. Yeah, that's my kind of pogs. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Uh, what can I cut from the news segment? This Wait, week? did we finish up the predictions though? Oh, yes, I won. Uh, well, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah, so like I said, everybody picked Omega, and then the last question, does Daniel does Brian Danielson appear? Uh, Yeti, Single H, God's a Juggalo, uh, Dicko Loco, and Troy said yes. yes. Uh, everybody else said yes. no. So, yes. uh, to the scores. Jason said no, by the way. Actually, and, uh, I actually put the score on this one. Mm, shame there's no evidence of that. Tied for, <laughs> tied for seventh place with seven correct. It's funny how this worked out. Tied for seventh place with seven correct responses. Uh, Bruno, Tomas, myself, Brad, and Charlotte's Squirt Cam. Mm. Uh, in sixth place with eight correct picks, Sal. Uh, tied for fourth with nine picks is God's Juggalo and El Dico Loco. And tied for first with a perfect ten. Ten out of ten. 
Sean Spears. Yete, due to budget cuts, I have to been reduced to single H and Troy, a ripper of ass. And uh, there's eleven. There was, there was eleven. Was there eleven? Yes. Okay. Well, not, you guys, I did not get a perfect ten. Uh, ten okay. out of ten. I got that well, eleven. Ten out of eleven then for the first place. So I got twelve out of eleven. Good job, y'all. No. <laughs> um, so that's your 2021 predictions. Yes. Uh, at uh, FanFest, Kip Sabian made an, an unscheduled appearance uh, with a cardboard box on his head that said <laughs> underrated. <laughs> that said underrated, over it. Uh, and if you go if you go through Twitter, uh, he was just fucking with people, and it was uh, it was pretty great. Uh, my favorite was he signed the picture, then tore it up and wrote your new jigsaw puzzle or something on it. Um, so I don't know if this is a new gimmick or what, but he was dressed in a suit with a cardboard box on his head. It had to be a new gimmick because nobody in AEW is unhappy. <laughs> uh, we mentioned it earlier, we reported, uh, that uh, Full Gear has a new date. Still a dumb name. <laughs> it's not, though. Yes, it is. It's not. UFC 268 and the boxing match between Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant. Those sound like interesting people. Are both set for November 6th. Uh, the original date of full gear. Uh, EW, of course, announced uh, that the paper would be happening on November 13th. And also in uh, the media call, the media scrum, Tony Khan confirmed uh, both the reason that it moved and also that it probably won't be in St. Louis. Uh, saying, quote, uh, I can't get into the destination of Full Gear, but I will say that we'll still be in St. Louis for Friday Night Rampage, which is the night before. So, Are they less than two months away from Full Gear? And they uh, two months and a week. And they don't have a venue? What? I hope it is a hell of a thing, dude. In a post on Twitter, Cedric Alexander yeah, said was... <laughs> he was jealous of his wife, Big Swole, after the events of All Out, uh, tweeting, quote, Well, damn, I'm so jealous of Swole World right now. And I mean, hell, who can blame him? I'm sure she's getting paid a decent amount of money to wrestle twice a week, at most, on YouTube. Uh, she literally hasn't been on Dynamite since December. It's actually, there was, there was one funny note during the pay-per-view I forgot to mention. During uh, Britt Baker's match. Uh, early on in the match, they're like, oh, these two, Jim Ross is like, these two ladies are going at it tooth and nail. And I'm like, somebody's in the back, no, 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 Jim, we don't talk about that. Nope, nope, tooth and nail never happened. That's that's not a thing we discuss anymore. Adam's already forgotten it. Yep, yep sure. Apparently, yeah. the, the dentist's office match between Britt oh, Baker geez. and Big Swole. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, one last note that I have, since this is technically a, a, a combo rundown. Uh, Bloody Disgusting has revealed that The Undertaker and The New Day will star in an upcoming interactive Netflix film called Escape The Undertaker uh, that is set to premiere next month. Uh, Escape The Undertaker, which is being pushed as an interactive Halloween film, will feature The Undertaker setting a trap for The New Day at his mansion, and it'll be up to viewers to try and help the decorated WWE tag team make their escape. Uh, so, uh, Sal, we're going to have, or uh, Troy, rather, we're going to have that on Slasher Sanitary? I'm sure. <laughs> Xavier Woods, do you want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> I was where to, Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, is, the film, is, the film is set to premiere on October fifth. This is the Kevin Owens thing. This is the Kevin Owens news. 
Go ahead. Oh, well. Uh, no, I, I uh, have it here. Oh, okay. Do the, do the Kevin Owens news. Because I, I have a tweet about it. Okay. Kevin Owens' WB contract is reportedly expiring within the next six months, as noted earlier today by Sean Ross Sapp. Owens fueled rumors and speculation on possibly going to AEW when he referenced his former Mount Rushmore stable with Adam Cole and AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Uh, the reference was interesting, as Owens mentioned in a spring 2018 interview that he had resigned with WWE for five years, apparently putting him in with the company until early 2023. In an update, Owens' WWE contract is actually set to expire in January of 2022 and not sometime in early 2023. It was noted that WWE restructured several contracts ahead of the COVID-19 pandemic, and Owens' contract was one of those deals that changed. There's no word on exactly why Owens' deal was shortened, but we will keep you updated, blah, blah, blah. Kevin Owens and AEW could fill the void of Caucasian former WWE superstars who have made their name in the indies because there just aren't enough of those in AEW right now. No? Who tweeted well, that? Oh, just some guy on Twitter. Oh, uh, Alfred Kanuha. And then somebody pulled, they'd have to film three months of programming to match the number of non-white performers given a chance to shine on just tonight's episode of NXT. Which, of course, saw uh, <laughs> Ember Moon, Chris, er, not Christian Kostanova, Carmelo Hayes, uh, Escobar, Mei Ying, Boa, Casey K, er, not Casey Kaysar, uh Kaden Carter, Wesley, Malcolm Bivens, <laughs> All speaking. on the same show of NXT. Speaking of NXT, be sure to tune in on, on Thursday for the... Tomorrow. Uh, fin- nope, tomorrow. Uh, nope, tomorrow. Well, no, no, it'll probably be posted Thursday. Oh, so, okay. For, okay. For, for the finale of the NXT rundown, since the yes. company is obviously dead. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is It is our swan song. Uh, we're going to have an in memoriam In memoriam Close enough. in memoriam yeah, we're gonna... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's wrestling, so you got to go, leave the memories alone. Now bug your eyes out. There you go. <laughs> Somebody screenshot that, except on Twitch, you're behind my head. All right. Anybody have anything else before we get the fuck out of here? No. Almost uh, past one o'clock. So, Sal, uh, about CM Punk... <laughs> That wraps up week 98 of the AEW Rundown. Uh, as always, be safe, stay sane, be kind, and remember, you are not alone. Uh, if you need it in the U.S., 800-273-8255, 800-273-TALK. Uh, somebody loves you, I promise. Um, say goodbye, folks. Bye. Bye. I guess that means we will elitely smack your ass jaw.
You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.